Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Silver Scent 100 mil for only $29.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Finau, Sammy Penny, Finau winds up. He's got Stevenson with it. Sean Stevenson. Ten seconds on the clock, it's England by a goal. Never have they beaten Australia in a Nipple World Cup in 13 attempts, and they are just about to. Possession will be the game. The England Roses fight their way back, and they victory over Australia. A very good win for Jamaica. 11 goals in the end. That's a stunning final quarter score. 18-9-59-48 over New Zealand. Short line out for Eki. Delivered quickly. Oh, McDermott got nailed. Absolutely nailed by Scott Barrett. And the All Blacks are in. With Tate, he's got great potential. Yeah, he's got a good head on him, calm, shows good direction on the field, and it's got all the attributes of being a very good captain. Yes, welcome in. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, just after 6 o'clock. It is for Friday morning, lads. We've made it. Happy Friday to you, everyone out there tuning in this morning on SCNZ. Hope you're having a, a great morning so far, and we can lead you into a nice, relaxing weekend. A big good morning to you, boys. You got Robbie in the kitchen. Kez is a little bit under the weather. It's okay, Kez. You get better soon, but Robbie, Concrete's will be holding the fort down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. 
<laughs> don't. <laughs> oh, mate, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I had a bit of a. I've had a bit of a. A bit of a bone to pick with the cab drivers in Auckland yesterday. Oh, what happened? Yesterday morning. So I, I finished. We mean you were a great show yesterday morning. You know, I'm buzzing, buzzing. I'm thinking, yep, I'm getting home. Have a cup of tea, put my walking shoes on, and off I go. I get, I do this like nine k walk. You know, so you go, uh, it, it, it goes uh, Ponsonby Road, K Road, Queen Street, back up Jacobs Ladder home. It's, out, it's about nine k's. I get up to, I get Ponsonby Road, corner Ponsonby Road, Jewvoice Road. There, set of lights. Traffic's crazy for a Thursday. I don't know what's going on. The road works. There's potholes popping up everywhere, trucks everywhere, <laughs> cones everywhere in Auckland. Traffic's crazy, mate, and this traffic's backed up. Walking across the road, and well, the lights not turn green, but it doesn't really matter because the cars have all stopped. So I'm just walking. I thought, well, I'll just go. I'll just sneak across the road here. The cars have stopped. I walk in front of this taxi, mate. Yeah. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. he hits the accelerator. He's about five meters away from me. Hits the accelerator, headed straight towards me, and slams his brakes on. And I, and you know, with my niece, mate, gave me a hell of a fright. Gave me a hell of a fright. <laughs> I, I turned my head to the right. I say. I'm looking at him like, you know, one of those moments, like, I'm going to pick this car up moment. And I looked at him and I'm going, mate, he, before I've said anything, he's yelling abuse at me. He's screaming at me, pointing at the light, that the light's not turned green and I'm crossing the road. And I'm like, mate, the cars are stopped. What are you going on about your pork chop like this? Well, <laughs> what ensued on the next 50 metres up Ponsonby Road was me and this taxi driver having a crack at each other. And it was hilarious, <laughs> mate. And he's going, he's going. I'm going to him. Would you like a slap? And he's yelling, he's yelling at me. I'll give you a slap like this. <laughs> and I, oh I started laughing, and it became a bit of a joke. And I started laughing, and I get to the end of the road, and I'm thinking, man, I hope no one got that on social because it'd be one, <laughs> it'd be one of those Kimpy. those funny socials. <laughs> oh. Are you a bit of road rage? Did you get a bit heated, or were you quite calm and relaxed in that moment? Uh no, no. When he when he when he raced his car at me, like first of all, I don't think it's a good look for the Auckland taxis. Um, you know that the taxi driver gets a little bit. He's obviously had a really bad morning. Like it's what yeah. ten o'clock in the morning, so um, I got a little bit of a fright. And of course, that right knee of mine, mate. If he hit it, I would have crumbled anyway. <laughs> I mean, I would have crumbled. I wouldn't have been getting up for anyone. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just thought. I, I couldn't really lose it because he beat me to the punch because then he started getting stuck into me. And then by the time I'd said something back to him, I started to th- get the funny side of what, how it looked. You know, as you get that, that picture in your head about all those memes going, oh, mate, this looks so funny. Someone's got a camera out and they're videoing this. Um, but yeah, mate, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, Auckland sometimes with people in cars, it <laughs> is honestly, they can make movies, movies out of it. Cars, road I would have paid. I would have paid good money to see you waddle really quick from a standing still st- uh, start, getting on to a, to a bit of a pace and a waddle on there with your one knee. Oh man, I'm going, to, I'm going to look for him. I'm going to look for him after the show. <laughs> Keep you still heated. If you're out there, double eight, double three, you might be our next contestant and and fight for life for Tony Kemp. But uh, it's a bit of a lolly scramble. Anytime you get in a taxi, a uh, best best advice I can give you. Tony, if you ever get in a campy, uh, taxi, is put your headphones in. Put your <laughs> headphones in and just look at your phone. And then just uh, take no notice and then you end up getting into your destination. Uh, Rick Dog, how you doing, brother? Yeah, not too bad, bro. Not too bad. I, uh, mate, I can't get over. 
my pick to win the Women's World Cup. Oh, Gone. I know, mate. Gone. Germany. What's happened? Now you're, become, you're becoming the new what? Paul Nawari. You're the <laughs> stopper. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh. yeah, I mean, like, the, those results last night, South Korea... Mate, they, they mm. couldn't punch their way out of a wet paper bag. No. Uh, and they managed to get a draw with the Germans. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, you know, Morocco turned over Colombia, who looked unbeatable. And that means that Germany finished third of the group. First time ever they don't get out of their group at a World Cup. Some shocks. That Absolute crazy. Crazy scenes in the FIFA World Cup. Double eight, double three, because we still have... The coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Yes, New Zealand have been bundled out, but there's still plenty of action to be had. Are you still interested? Who are you supporting on double eight double three? We're into the round of sixteen and like Ricardo's just alluded to, Germany are gone. They're out there heading home and uh, there's some big names. Well some awesome teams that have made it through. South Africa, who would have thought South Africa? Mm. Uh, you know, um, Ricardo, Kempi, Colombia, Jamaica. And then you've got Morocco, who will take on France, and you say that'll be pretty difficult. And we're going to talk about it a bit more later on in the show, lads. We've got Who Am I? Clue number one for today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to win a prize pack from two go- two dudes, Kiwi Made Natural Men's products that make you, make you look good, feel good, and do good. Clue number one. I am a former pro boxer who knocked out 16 opponents in the first round of, his, of their fights. So let us know. I'm a former pro boxer who knocked out 16 opponents in the first round of fights. We've got a big show. Baz McCullum coming up after 7 o'clock. Greg O'Connor, we're going to be talking racing. It's a big weekend of racing, particularly for our good friend Tony Kemp. And then we've got Richie Barnett talking Warriors after 8. So stay tuned. Let's rip straight into this, Rick Dole. The following is a triple threat match, and it is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, one indeed. I tell you what, uh, things are heating up at the pool, boys, because uh, mm. it's it's the World Swim Champs or World Aquatic Champs up in Japan, right? Um, and Aussie swimmer Kate Campbell has blown up at the Americans, calling them sore losers and slamming <laughs> their team ritual of ringing a cowbell when each of their swimmers comes out to race. Now, when they do the the list of medals, right, mm. uh, You, what's the most important medal? Oh, the gold, obviously. Gold. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. All of a sudden, the American networks, no, it's uh, it's the total of <laughs> medals. So the Americans are leading, but they've only got, I think, nine golds, and Aussie have 15. Aussie have, have, have uh, equaled the record for the most golds <laughs> by a team at the champs, right? And so this is where this is coming from. Uh, Kate Campbell's gone on to say, I mean, Australia coming out on top of the world is one thing, but it's just so much sweeter beating America. The first night of competition, we did not have to hear Star Spangled Banner ring out through the stadium. I cannot tell you how happy that made me. If I ever hear that song again, it will be too soon. Bring on Paris. That's all I have to say to the US. Stop being sore losers. <laughs> coming from an Aussie. Oh. You're coming from an I know. The irony. The irony, boys. Uh, so that got me thinking. The biggest mm. rivalry in sport that you've been a part of. Well, well, well. There's something about a cowbell, eh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> they are so irritating. If you're going to bring a cowbell to any sporting stadium, give yourself an upper cup, you pork chop. That's what John reckons you would have said to that taxi driver, um, Kempi. So <laughs> I reckon there might have been a few words uh, added to that sentence there, John. But 
I have to say the Chiefs. I have to say the Chiefs in my final five, six years of Super Rugby, the rivalry there just went backwards and forwards. There was always lots going on in the media. Brody Retallick, Liam Messam, absolute grubs in terms of on the in the game, mate. I just can't go past them. And, and being at Waikato Stadium, and the cowbells are ringing, and they are just so patriotic, the fans, very, very loud. So that just, when you said that, and I saw that question in the dock there, I just thought straight to the Chiefs for me, like those five years. <laughs> we lost two semifinals, we're beating them in the final semifinals. Beaten by the bell. Yeah. Beaten by that ugly cowbell. <laughs> so that for me is the greatest rivalry for my team. Mate, mate, I've, had a, I've had a few. Career. I've had a few, as, but it got me thinking, mm. mate, like, when you said swimming, one of my biggest rivalries was actually the fifty can't swim. the fifty meter swimming champs at the high school. <laughs> yeah, because none of us went to swim. There was one of our mates that went to swimming school, so they could afford it, and the rest of us didn't go to swimming school. And there's there was like there's Kippy. Six, six of us, mate. Listen to this. The one. long plunge doesn't count. No. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. In a, in a swimming pool, you'd be very surprised how fast this fella can go. I reckon but, your nickname of the swim team was Bob. But we used to, mate. We used to swim across the river because we couldn't. couldn't afford to get into the swimming pool you know it's yeah. 15 cents none of us had 15 cents so we'd swim races across the swimming pool get to high school well it's a 50 meter sp- it's the what do you call it the, the the bee's knees of the racing and we line up none of us knows who's the quickest yeah so i'm looking at jt he's the one that goes to swimming swimming school yeah we're like he's the one to beat me and me and fred we're looking at each other going we got him because we chase him all the time but we had this maori boy mate his name was albert nuku nuku <laughs> And we thought, Albert's like, what are you doing in this race, bro? Well, we all jumped in. Who came first? Albert Nukunuku, mate. He gave us all hiding. And the and the rivalry on that for the rest, mate, for the rest of the year was how do we beat Albert Nukunuku in a race? So the four of us, go on, mate, get back in that pool. Couldn't beat him. Oh, that is fantastic. That is <laughs> a great So that's your biggest rivalry. Albert Nukunuku. Albert Nukunuku, Where mate. Are you, Albert? Come in. Give us a call and tell us how Kempi used to swim down and do those laps. Oh, I would have loved to see that. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, number two. Here we go. Uh, former Netherlands and Everton defender Royston Drenthe has uh, quit football and taken up acting. And all of a sudden, he's 500 to 1 at the UK bookies to be the next James Bond. Which former teammate of yours would have made a great Bond? <laughs> Graham Steadman, mate, without a doubt. Steady, nudge, played, played fullback for Great Britain. Yeah, and uh, he had the best moustache I've ever seen on a footballer. Never ever shaved it off. Um, great player and talked with a James Bond mm. voice. I'll tell you a quick story about him. He wasn't James Bond this day because our wing had stuck deep heat in his jock strap when he got the training. <laughs> oh, and no. I told you this one. I, I might have told you this one. And he came running in late to training. And we're sitting in the video and Nudges put his, his jock strap on. And he's coming. He's like, oh, sorry, JJ. Sorry for being late. You know, and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden he starts talking about two dudes. He starts rolling around with his budgie smugglers and his hand down. And he goes, Whoa, what's going on? Stop, mate. i got to go. But it was that deep heat, is he? You know, like when you put it on, you can't put water on it. Yeah. So he ran and jumped in the shower. It makes it worse. And it made it worse, mate. And I've never oh. rolled around on the ground laughing at a bloke so much, mate. But he would definitely be my that James Bond. Cruel. <laughs> that is cruel. There's nothing worse when you're rubbing a bit of deep heat on your, knee, uh, on your knees or wherever. And you just have to have a little scratch. And you're like, no. no. <laughs> I, 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 it just 
stings. My missus, my missus actually showed me a video. She's really into her chilies, and she showed me a video of a guy who's prepping these real these really hot ghost peppers. And he's talking about how you have to watch what you do with your hands, wash your hands thoroughly. And he's chopped a few, and then he's got an itchy eye, and he's rubbed his eye, and then he's like the look of horror on his face when he realizes what he's done before the heat starts. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm so sorry for the dude though, but yeah, definitely a laugh. Uh, sorry, Izzy, uh, the, the former team. Mate, that it makes a good a, bond. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I was thinking about it for a while there, and I was like, who would be very good? Uh, but one of the first names that sprung to mind was probably Conrad Smith. And I say, Conrad, he's very educated. He's got a nice little quiff, you know, his hairdos, you know, it looks a little bit Bond like. He looks very good in a suit, and he's well spoken, and he's brave. So if it was someone in there that could potentially be James Bond, I don't know about the, you know, the the, the mug. Maybe have to do a bit of work on the mug. But uh, you know, like uh, Conrad Smith for me will probably be the the James Bond that could potentially represent New Zealand. Old Snake Eye, he feels more like a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, it's, an, it's a debatable one. Old Snake Eye, there you go. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. There we go. All right. Number three, the All Black squad is out. It's pretty much what we thought yesterday, Izzy. What's the thing of most interest for you that's come out of the squad when you look at that, the, the 15 and the, tw- and the 23? We were bang on, weren't we, lads? Right yeah. on the pulse. We knew something no one else did. How good was that? Ah, uh, look. Oh, there's, a, there's a ton of them. Oh, I'm really excited to see Shooter Stevenson and Sean Stevenson getting an opportunity on the, on the wing. And, and, you know, really make this difficult for, for Foster come Monday, 5 o'clock, to, to select the outsides. That's where there's a lot of competition, a lot of heat. But then I, I cast my eye to Samapini Finau. Samapini Finau is a player that we know little about, seen glimpses throughout Super Rugby. He's physical, he's big, he can cover lock, he's a great line-out option. And now, lads, the rumours are circulating that, that um, Ethan Blackadder mm. is out. Done. He's gone. He's done. So that opens up the door for Sam Penny mm. Finau to really stamp his mark for that number two position backing up Shannon Frizzell. So I think this is a really big opportunity and chance to, for us to see what this kid has to offer. You know, Jace Ryan's talked about him a lot. We haven't seen it yet. Can he mix it with the big guns? We'll soon find out. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I did wonder when I saw the Tasman team. You know, obviously David uh, Harvey is named in that Tasman team, but no sign of Ethan Blackadder with the team named on Monday. I thought, well, maybe that's touch and go. He's gone, yeah. The first thing I thought about, Rick, was how many points are they going to put on Aussie? I th- you know, I'm trying to work out what my spread is, and I got a, uh, a slight tinge of confidence that this side's going to go out and really open up. Will Jordan at fullback is really exciting for me because he can, he can run an open play. I think, um, you know, when you look at players playing for their their um, positions and their, and their spot on the tour, uh, it, it leads well to a, to a team that can actually put a lot of points on. Shooter Stevens, if he goes out there and he plays really well, he's straight in for me because the other thing about that is he now has to live up to the pressure. The pressure that everyone's put on that he needs everyone's to be selected and he, everyone's saying you need to be playing. Now, he's got to go out there and, and put on a decent game and I think if he does that, mate, you take him because you it, Everyone's saying, can he handle the pressure? Who's under the most pressure when you think of that selection? It has to go to halfback, doesn't it? 100%. Doesn't they, Christy? Yeah. Get an opportunity to start. Uh, and it's a position that 
we've got probably our, our two makeup, our two two halfbacks at the moment. Is there still a chance for Brad Weber to come from Hawks Bay and potentially make this World Cup Monday? We don't we don't know. But this is Finlay Christie's time. He's going to get sixty minutes to really give the, the selectors confidence. I, I think he has the most to gain, the most to lose in this performance. A double eight, double three. What do you like about the uh, All Black selections? Who has the most to gain, the most to lose in terms of that selection? They're going to name that World Cup squad on Monday. And then you look at Eddie Jones's Wallabies team. He hasn't cha- made any changes, and I really, I really appreciate what Eddie's doing with. Um, with Carter Gordon at 10. Yeah, he's a young kid. He's been thrown into the limelight. Yes, he made a hell of a lot of mistakes, but he has his backing. And for Eddie to go out there and back his players, I love that. That's what you want from a, from a coach to loyalty and giving you confidence because he would be reading the media. He'd be seeing everyone asking questions about his performance. Why is he in the 10 position? The reality is they don't have anyone else. And aging Quade Cooper ain't going to get the job done. No. Carter Gordon is that man, so you've got to give him time in the saddle to take this team forward. So, man, I'm looking forward to this weekend. 2.30, afternoon game, beer in hand at Monty's Bar in Hamna. Come on! Mate, it's going to be absolutely <laughs> massive. I tell you what, if you're the referee, you're going to want earplugs for this game. you got two ginger halfbacks going at it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, I didn't picture that, but that's going to be a fiery battle because Tate's got a waha on him, and Finlay Christie does not back down whatsoever, so uh, awesome. Stephen Fleming for Bond. That's a great one. That is a good shout. Oh, Rich from Carpety Coast. You're bang on the money. I won't tell Stephen that because he'll get a full head. We don't want to hear that. Anyone else? Let us know on Double Eight, Double Three, a big show. We'll shoot off and we'll be back soon. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Plenty messages coming through the temper bed post text machine double eight double three Murray Mixted, James Bond. Yeah, he'd be a good. Very, one. very good, isn't it? He'd be Oof. a very good one. Murray, Murray, Mi- Murray Mixted. But um, who else would you? Oh, mate, I thought uh, Will Jordan would be one, wouldn't you? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Just yeah, you know, good-looking fullback come out of Canterbury. That didn't happen that often. <laughs> He's not the best looking fullback there, Tony. Keep wash your mouth out. All right, let's. Uh, the netball. We're going to talk the netball because that is back to back performances that have been below par in terms of the Silver Ferns. You get a sense that Grace Wiki uh, exclusion injury is going to mm. hinder them so much. Australia going down against England, for me, this just rings out that Jamaica. They're going to go through and win this World Cup. They look the most settled and complete team out there on the court. And the Silver Ferns, when your shooter, your main shooter, is only getting 31 opportunities at goal, or 33 mm. and, and only making 31, it just you cannot win any game with those, um, those numbers. So I'm a little bit worried, Laz, that this might be the time for Knowles to really start clutching and we might not get the job done. Jamaica looking too good for me. Yeah. It's like she's got a little, she's she's got a double-edged sword at the moment, isn't it? Cause so she's got a problem in the midcourt getting the ball there and then she's got a problem in the defensive circle keeping the ball away from that height um, that's in the shooting circles for Jamaica uh, and Australia. So whether or not she she pushes Jury back to the defence with Watson got caught out last night being a bit short, Um 
and make some type of adjustment to that midcourt because they've got to shift that ball around to get it to their shooters. Uh, she's the she's the person that can do it. And I think me and Rick were talking about this morning, they've lost three times to Jamaica in these type of tournaments and gone the on. The last three times they've played them in major tournaments, they've lost to Jamaica. They've lost them. So mm. you know, that says a lot to what Kez said about Jam- Jamaica flying under the radar. Aussie losing to England by mm. a goal last night means that... Um, you know, are there mind games being played here with with uh, Dame Knowles getting Aussies and Jamaica to play each other to knock one of them out um, before hopefully they can get across England? But mate, it's, it's a tough one. Is he? Did can they get past England's a question to get to the final? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I guess mentally, have England played their final because they've beaten Aussie for the first time ever? Yeah. You know, will there be a bit of a come down for them? Maybe mind games are playing at the moment. You know, you just you give someone a sense of confidence, false sense of confidence, and you go through. Look, ah, oh, I think it'll be difficult. I think it'll be difficult. But hey, in Knowles, we trust, and she'll have a plan for this situation going forward. They've limped into the semi-finals, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what unfolds. Lads, no Barrett in the twenty-three. When was the last time that happened? Mm. Cheers, team from Port and Hull. It's been a remember. very long time. Yeah, I cannot remember as well. And apparently yesterday, Kempi, this would have been you at training. When you're not playing, you put on all the pads, you put on all the tackle gear, and you just go out in there and you look at all the young players and you say, come over here, I'm going to run straight and I'm going to run hard and you're going to tackle me. Yeah. Well, apparently that was Scott Barrett yesterday. He is an angry human, apparently. Is that you right? got a big rig. Yeah. <laughs> I had his brothers over last night for dinner. It was good chat, catch up, and uh, he, they just said, "Yeah, Scooter's just on another level at the moment. He's just picking players out and saying, Come here, get over here. You need a tackle practice.' Cam Roy, God, come here, mate. You can tackle me straight up." <laughs> I was thinking, "How good? Oh, How a... good, mate? The 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 coming of of Scott Barrett arrived at the right mm. time. You know what I mean? Like like I said yesterday, eighty minute performance last week." Mate, he's first name on the team sheet. Uh, and Robbie's been working it hard in the uh, in the kitchen. He saw that text come through. He's uh, done some Googling, and he reckons 2015 World Cup was the last time that we played a test without one Barrett in the team. Wow. Ooh, it's that's a, a long time ago. There you go, Paul and, and Harwood. And just quickly, when Geordie Barrett made the All Blacks, he was 88 kilos, mm. 88 clicks. He's now 106 he has put on muscle. Oh, I was going to say, he's he been hanging out with Dad's the human. pie man who's in Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> he's had plenty of pies, but no, nah, he's still a Nick. But he is, he is a big boy, a big boy. And you have to be a big boy to play in the 12 position with the physicality that is posed to them these days. Stay tuned. Headlines with Rick Dodd. Heaps of messages coming through, particularly one about Brad Webber that I'll touch on. And pie man Daz is coming in, you lucky buggers. You're going to get a pie for Bricky, eh? Hopefully mince and cheese. I'll be sniffing it through the through the cameras right here. Uh, here's Aroha with the news for the computer. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It is 25 away from 7 o'clock. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Germany failed to reach the knockout stage for the first time at a FIFA Women's World Cup after being held one all by South Korea. Morocco's win over Colombia in Perth and the game played at the same time meant Germany needed a win to advance. They pushed forward in search of a winning goal after drawing level through the header captain Alexandra Pop and created numerous scoring opportunities but could not find a winner. Colombia, top group H on goal differences. Morocco to Took second with six points. Germany finished on four. The round of 16 kicks off on Saturday. Here are the matchups Spain, Switzerland, Japan, Norway, mm. Netherlands, South Africa, Sweden, USA, England, Nigeria, Australia, Denmark, Colombia, Jamaica, and France versus Morocco.
NFL legend Tom Brady has become a minority owner of Birmingham City in uh, a club in English football's second tier. The seven-time Super Bowl champion quarterback has entered into a partnership with Birmingham owners Nighthead Capital Management. He will become chairman of the advisory board at the club. Brady will, according to a statement from the club, applies extensive leadership experience and expertise across several components of the club, including working alongside the sports science department to advise on health, nutrition, wellness and recovery systems and programs. How good would that be? Add that guy's know-how. They are just starting to get into it, aren't they? Buying teams, being a part of ownership. And it's more than just being a part of ownership. When you've got big names, you look what David Beckham's done with uh, Inter Miami. Yeah. You can encourage and big name players want to be a part of it. They oh, do. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it's it. It's huge. Uh, and Wales have named another Kiwi in their rugby ranks with son of former Hurricane head coach and All Black assistant John Plumtree. Tane Plumtree being named ah. in the squad to face England for Warren wow. Gatlin's men. Has he? Yes. Jack Morgan wow, is going to catch he's young. Out. He's 23 now. Hey, yeah, 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 he's young. He, we saw glimpses for Wellington, but... Mm. Um, Man, he's gone over. He's cracked it. Well cracked done. It, yeah. So Jack Morgan's going to captain Wales in Saturday's opening rugby World Cup warm-up clash against England at the Principality. Uh, Warren Gatlin is going to run the rule over several candidates for the captaincy in preparation for home and away games against England plus South Africa and Cardiff. The Ospreys flanker Morgan gets the nod for the first of those. Centre Max Llewellyn props Corey Domachowski and Kieran Aserati will make their test debuts on Saturday as well. Meanwhile, former England prop Henry Thomas, who qualifies for Wales through his father has been able to switch countries under the new world rugby regulations and is among the replacements. So there you go. Those are your sports news headlines. Lots going on in the world of sport. Trades and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We've got Daz, the pie man, coming in. And I love my pies, boys. And I know you love your pies as well. Daz but is the here. Evolution. I'm just I, I want to. Yeah, you go, let him in. I'll go. Let Are you going to go have a bite? You go, let him <laughs> in, and have a bite. Try not to get through too many before you get here, mate. <laughs> but let's talk about this: the evolution of the pie. Patrick's pies in the in Tauranga region won the pie of the year at the big awards, and well done. He's won it five times, and it's awesome the achievement. But the evolution of a pie. I want to hear from you at home. Double eight, double three. Are we going too far? Are we going too far in terms of pie? Duck and mushroom was the winner of the pie of the year. I'm a traditionalist, and I want to hear from Daz about this. I'm your simple steak and cheese, mince and cheese, maybe even to the extent of a potato top pie, maybe. But the pie is a pie, and I'm a traditionalist, Kempi. Keep it simple for me. You can have the potato pot. Uh, potato pot, potato top pies, mate. She's all uh, she's all steak cheese for me. She's got to have a decent bit of meat in it. Daz, I'll tell you what puts together the, the great pies, a great warrior supporter and uh, at Ashby Pies, um, who, who would have bought something special in this morning. As he say, let's have a look what he's bought for us. And uh, I've got a little question for him. I want to see whether or not, because we've got the, the Women's World Cup over here, whether or not he can make us a Women's World Cup pie and support one of the teams. So we've got quite a few of those teams coming through. I just wonder what those pies would look like if it was a Swedish pie or a Colombian pie, for instance, um, or even a Moroccan pie. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, I like my Moroccan food. I like my 
um, South African brive pies, you know, that could be the potential. There's potential there, but oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me on a Friday morning, the creativity in terms of pie. Pork belly pie, you know, you've got uh, salmon and cheese, cream cheese pies down there in Fairley. And I think there's nothing worse when you put veg- veggies in pies as well. Do not put a carrot, do not put a pea <laughs> in my mince and cheese pie, please. If you're a baker and you're listening, please don't. Please don't. Anyway, Daz the Pie Man is coming up. It's 15 away from 7, and there's no better time to dip into a pie than now. And we've got Daz the Pie Man in studio, and I have got memories flooding in of finishing my rugby game and begging mum for $4.50 or whatever to go to my local baker and get a pie. I think it's high-performance nutrition through and through, and Daz... You've brought in a few treats, my friend. Good morning to you. Morning, what have you got in that box, How mate? are you? Oh, well, should we open up and have a look? So this one here, I've brought in a big uh, big plate of sausage rolls. So these are our um, oh. pork jalapeno and cream cheese saucy rolls. Ooh. And then in this one, I actually got a bit of a smorgasbord going on. So we've got a couple of our... Oh, sorry. Uh, a couple of our chicken, mushroom and parmesan, which is my favourite. Our beef, cheek and cheese, which is like our steak and, steak and cheese. Cool. And then we've got our low and slow pork, which is pretty cool. It's like... <laughs> Is he's dribbling? Is he's dribbling? He's a crackling on top and all of that, <laughs> mate. Just just tell us about. Are they frozen, mate? <laughs> no, they're nice and <laughs> hot. Yeah. hot. Oh no, and the boys are going to have mate. a pie, gutted. <laughs> <laughs> mate, just just tell us. You know, like you're you're um, obviously a mad warrior supporter, and all the boys are talking about these pies. Where, where does the um, I guess the inspiration come from when you're putting them together? Because you're actually doing all these on socials too, and showing people how to do it. Yeah, I think like most of the inspiration comes from stuff that I really like to eat. So the beef, chicken, cheese is how can I elevate a steak and cheese pie, which is, you know, the classic quintessential, uh, every bakery does one. Um, the low and slow pork started, I love low and slow. I love cooking over charcoal and over wood and all of that sort of thing. And I love that I can now do that as part of my job and, and you know, transfer that hobby into something cool. Uh, and then the chicken, mushroom and parmesan is, yeah, it's kind of like a play on like a Alfredo sauce, cream sauce base, and it's like mm. seasoned with parmesan and they all start from something I've eaten yeah. and then, yeah, go into that. Oh, Rick Dog, you dribbling? Yeah, mate, I'm totally dribbling. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one I'm going to eat, is he? Probably all three. Um, <laughs> I could have to, have to try them all. Cut them up. coming out of your mouth, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so silent in here. Yeah, oh. It's like, get the pies <laughs> in your face, <laughs> mate. Can, can we go to ads now so we can eat? Um, no, I was going to say, with the, uh, with, the, with the Football World Cup on as well, and, the, and our girls are out, Kempi had this great idea this morning that we should uh, come up with some pies Look for teams to follow for the rest of the World Cup now that our girls are out, and maybe we could have like a, our pie filling World Cup as well. And I, I had an idea. I'll see what you think of this, but Morocco. No one expected them to get through, but there is nothing better than those lamb meatballs they do in Morocco. So like a lamb, red cabbage feta type pie. Would that would that float yeah, your yeah. boat? Maybe like a nice like spiced tomato sauce to hold it together, mm. and a bit of yogurt or something like that as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Mate, I, I you... love the idea. I love the idea, but you're ruining pies, lads. You're ruining <laughs> pie. A pie is simple. A pie is mince and cheese. Look, I appreciate your passion, uh, Des, and chucking chicken in the pie. You know, it's a great, it's a great de- a meal when Mum cooks it. But you eat it because you have to. You get a clip around the ears. But for me, I just like a mince and cheese, mate. The ultimate sin, veggies. You don't have any veggies in your pies, do you? Nah, not, like unless, not unless it's specific. Like the mushroom ones obviously have mushroom and stuff like that, but nah, not, not hiding any your sort of mixed veg and stuff mm. through it. And it's funny you say that about the mince and cheese as well. It's still our best seller. 
It doesn't, a, yeah, it doesn't matter how like how fancy I get with the specials and all of the TikTok content and all of that. It's all about the mince and cheese. Yeah, people like that. Just going back to the soccer one. So if we asked our our texters to text in and say, right, what would which team would you support, and what um, pie would you like to see? Would you would you be willing to like create the pie? To the winning for the winning um, person. Yeah, let's do it. Yep, yeah. let's do it. Okay, there you go, Izzy. We've got we've got ourselves a little challenge for the rest of the World Cup here. We can I, create some uh, some of it. <laughs> they've already started coming in some of <laughs> some of these pies for our ladies that are still playing here in New Zealand on the World Cup. So get texting, mate. You're, you're a mad warrior supporter. How, what do you think of this season? Oh, flying! And like I think is the thing is I think there's still room for us to get better. We sort of started the season off with like strong defence, and we sort of built our game around that and. In the last few weeks, our attack's gone to another level. You know, like I've sort of seen Chance is running at that centre a lot more and mm. sort of there, because Dallin's been scoring so many tries, he's running at that centre and they sort of don't know which way to go to, to drift out or drift in. And he's, you know, I think he's going to score a lot more tries this year. Yeah, def- definitely tonight. Um, I got asked la- last night whether or not you put him in your anytime try score. Mate, you don't leave him out. No, I, I think, think, he, I think he goes close to ending up with the, the top try scorer of the year. What do you think the main difference is? Have you been to home games, obviously? Yeah, I've season pass. I've been to all the home games. I think the main difference is um, the boys are happy. I remember going to the preseason game against the Tigers and a couple of the injured guys came around the members at Lily World and all of that. And they were just all happy. They were all saying how on board everyone was, how everyone bought into the new coach and just the, the general mood was positive. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's all you need, right? As soon as you've got that winning mentality, then you just get on a roll and you don't lose it. Mate, we can't concentrate. Get that, get, get that pie out. Get, get on a roll. Get on a sausage roll. I'm, I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at Rick and just looking at Rick's making me hungry. Okay, boys, you've got to commentate. You've okay. got to commentate through it. You've got to tell our listeners. So uh, you got to paint the picture so for our listeners, what's okay? In the, what's in the sausage roll? So that is a pork jalapeno and cream cheese sausage roll. So the um, the sausage meat comes from uh, Alice Oh, my God, is he... <laughs> I'll start you off. I'll Seriously. start you off with the boring one. This is this is the one. Um, this is the beef, cheek, and cheese. This is Ooh. like our. Okay. You'd have to go something to beat that. Where's the camera? Should I should I yep. do a little? Yeah, yeah little, just up there. Just that's up that there. One there. You see that? Oh, oh look oh, at oh. that. Look at, look at right. that. <laughs> I'll do you guys quarters for now, so you don't fall up. Oh no, that's right. Don't worry about it. There's plenty of room. Yeah. There's while you're cutting that up. I love the pies, guys, but there has to be an investigation, Dagger. There's not many pies from the South Island that have won awards. I wonder if that's a disadvantage for Bakers having to take pies to Auckland in a suitcase, mate. Do you just do it better than the Southerners? Oh, you got to win something. There's some good-looking bakeries in the South Island that I actually really want to go to. I I lived in Queenstown for a few years, right when Ferg Baker started, and their pies yep. are really, really good they're really really delicious great at three o'clock in the morning as well um <laughs> but the uh yeah the, the whole the whole pie awards thing is a bit of a funny one i think they've got very specific um criteria and judging criteria and i think a lot of the winners play to that which is why you sort of see the same names every year um like still it's great it's a great thing to win and it's a great publicity for all of those places that that win um but i'm not sure it's a true representation of like who's doing good food which is, which is I, good. I reckon there's another there's another problem that the south island pies can't get past kaiapoi that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> so that one i have got i've got the best bakery up the road woodin bakery they do such a good pie but tell me this my friend pies are $7.50 
Are you just are you just moving with the times and yeah, you know, like how does seven dollars fifty fit in a pie? Well, ours ours are actually our cheapest one's ten bucks, so we're we're ten to fourteen for a pie. Um, but that's <laughs> <Dead>. that's <laughs> I know mm. I know, but they're <laughs> what, but they're massive as I'd well. Pay, I'd pay fourteen Worth bucks it. for it. Um, mm. You know, they're massive. They've all got like a they're they're full. They're a proper meal. Um, and it all comes down, yeah, definitely costs. Like all of the cost of living stuff that's going on hits small businesses as well. You know, wages are through the roof, and you know, like yeah. it's good to pay my staff well. I want I want them to have like a good quality of life and same same sort of thing where they're happy outside of work and then they're happy Great. at work. And mate, do, uh, oh, do, don't worry, mate. I'll spend anything if it's good. <laughs> Any other, so what's when the players come? I've obviously been along and had a few pies. What's what's the go to? Yeah, only Dallin's been in. I'm waiting for the rest of the squad to come through. Um, I heard Josh, Joshy Curran's moved into the area, so I'm waiting for him to pop in. Um, but yeah, uh, Dallin got the chicken and mushroom when he was in store, mm. uh, and then he took a box home for his wife and family and all Hell that good. as well. So mate, they they all listen to the show, so they'll be they'll be in. Don't worry, because they <laughs> are the best boys I've had, mate, for a long Honestly, time. Honestly, Izzy, I'm having the beef and che- uh, the beef chicken oh, cheese. I and can hear it, and it's oh. melting. The the beef is melting in my mouth. I saved I saved my I saved the best one for last too. So my favourite's the chicken and mushroom. So yeah, make, make sure you guys do a little swap around delicious. on those. Did you like the sausage roll? All right, oh, boys. All right, boys. Stunning. You fill your faces. You fill your faces. Yeah, good on you. Well done. Everyone's at home salivating over you, just listening to your mouths chomp through the mm. mic. So enjoy. We'll shoot off, and we'll come back, and we'll get a little love racing update and might get your odds on that pie as well. So stay tuned. Well, I wonder if Daz gets his pie trays from Kevin because Kevin makes pie trays and he reckons he might have to raise his prices after hearing how much a pie costs. Oh, so good. And then Izzy, I've just hoovered down a potato top pie from Sims Ashburton Breakfast of Champions, the best potato top going. And Tim... That Colombian pie might be a bit far fetched, all right? So we won't Comes be able to go straw, for that one. That one? <laughs> <laughs> we won't be able to have that one. But let us know double eight double three pie and FIFA World Cup. I'm thinking of a Japanese pie, a bit of wagyu beef Ooh. put through a pie with some cheese and maybe, if I have to, and I know I hate veggies in there, chuck some edamames in it as well. We could be creative than this, so let us know on double eight double three. Stay tuned because Baz Skip McCullum, now he's the coach. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together shaping and building New Zealand. The boys are back in town. Yes, the boys are sitting in the studio eating a nice pie here on a Friday morning. It's just after 7 o'clock. Izzy Kempi for breakfast with Rick Dog bringing the spice to the show. And then we've got Robbie in the kitchen making sure the pies stay warm. Well, our next guest, he needs no introduction. And he would have chomped through a few pies in his time. Baz McCullum. He's over there in the UK, and uh, he's going to join us, my friend, brother. How you doing? All right, brother. I just had a little pie myself, actually, steak and ale pie, followed by a Guinness <laughs> in the little, a little, a little pub that um, they film Notting Hill at or something. I don't know. It's pretty flashy, anyway. It's lovely. <laughs> oh, mate, chipping into a nice, fine pie. I had a good pie the other day as well. I love me pies. But, mate, uh, it's been a big couple of months for you, Baz. You've had time to settle down and reflect on a big old series. To all, all, mate, how's the last couple of days been for you? Oh, it's been pretty awesome, brother. I think the um, I mean, the whole last two months has been a, a pretty awesome ride, actually. We obviously... You know, we went 2-0 down in the series, which, you know, put us under a little bit of pressure. And to respond the way that we did and um, play the cricket that we did was, um, yeah, I was pretty proud of 
I'm pretty proud of all the boys and the way that the skipper was able to hold the fort for everyone when uh, when we're under pressure and respond the way we did. I, you know, I think in the end, two two was a great result, and and we were pleased with uh, with what we were able to serve up, particularly in the in the latter part of the series. You were able to respond, Baz. What what were those messages that you were giving the lads to be able to get a response when you're two 0 down, backs against the wall, teams can fold. But you saw a little bit of resurgence. You made changes. Chris Wokes came in, and how good was he for you? Yeah, Wokes, he was awesome. Um, he's been around the game now for a long period of time, and. I guess with uh, with Jimmy and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad there, um, two of the game's greatest ever fast mm. bowlers. His his opportunity's been slightly limited, but look, when when his opportunity arose, he really stood up and performed brilliantly alongside Mark Wood. Those two are great mates as well, and they made a, a significant impact on on the series. And I guess you know from our our point of view, uh, we actually played pretty well in the first two Test matches, and we had our opportunities to. Mm. To win those games, um, Australia were good enough to be able to to get the results in those games, and so from our from our side of things, we were just trying to make sure that our messaging was really consistent with what we started out with, and you know the skipper and I are, are very aligned with with how we like to go about things and the the messaging that we like to to deliver the boys, and and that didn't change right throughout. Um, but I think if anything, you know our confidence levels rose knowing that that we were capable of being able to go toe-to-toe with Australia, and I think we ended up playing better at the end of the series than, than we did at the start, which was great. Yeah, it would have been it would have been nice to get uh, a deciding test um, there, Baz, because I tell you what, down here the Ashes is alive and kicking. Everyone in New Zealand was right behind um, uh, you and your team, England. The English. You, you, know, you know what we're like with the Australians, but the, I see the banter's alive and kicking, Baz. Just... What's it? What's it been like being in camp and and everyone talking about who said this, who who did this, they didn't do that. What's it been like? Well, I didn't read any of it to be honest. I think that's the greatest recipe. Is you just you know you, you you do the cryptic crossword rather than reading the sporting news. I think that's that that certainly helps. And and from our point of view, we talked a lot about um, trying to block out all the external noise and just. And any messaging should come from within rather than from those on the outside. I mean, we we get the benefit of watching these guys work day in, day out, and and put in the yards, and and so therefore, you know, if they want any kind of feedback, then we're probably the best mm. place to give it. But clearly, I mean, what comes with the Nashes series is a, a hell of a lot of, um, I guess, uh, eyeballs and and uh, and column inches, and that's one of the great aspects of it. Um, but the minute if you start carrying it out onto the field, then that's not ideal, right? So, so we just tried to block out as much as we could and keep messaging really simple. And look, I'm oh, just really proud of how all the all the boys played, and I thought they conducted themselves brilliantly too. Leave it up to us, people like ourselves, to to create all the headlines and internally just go about your well, money. I used to be one of you as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, we miss you. We're, we're, we're happy to have you on the show. But Stuart Broad, mate, we, he made a, a big big news in that last Test match. He is retiring from Test cricket and what an impact he's had for England. He's played a hell of a lot of Tests. He's taken plenty of wickets. But, mate, this player and what he means to the team. And how'd you send him off? Yeah, look, Brody's been unbelievable, really, throughout his career. He's played 160-odd test matches as a fast bowler is, is significant in itself. Um, you know, the impact that he's had uh, in the last 14, 15 months since the skipper and myself come on board as well has been has been phenomenal. You know, he's he's led a bowling attack and 
you know, I think he played all six tests this summer and did a, a fabulous job and could easily have carried on playing, but he chose this stage, which for him has always been the thing that got him up and going, which is playing against Australia in the Ashes um, as the time for him to, to, to depart. And I thought it was such a fitting farewell and we were able to sit around in the dressing room afterwards and present him with a nice bottle of champagne and say Jimmy Anderson said some, some wonderful things about him and uh, I managed to play golf with Brody today, actually. Um, he almost got a hole in one, so imagine that. He had his last <laughs> ball for six in Test Creek. He's taken, he's bowled his last ball and got a wicket. If he had got a hole in one today, it would have been, <laughs> would have been the perfect <laughs> trifecta. But he sort of just, he missed out by about an inch. But oh, I'm just delighted for him that he can go out on top. Not too many sports people, as all of us know. You know, uh, you both, you fellas, and and myself know not too many people get to to choose their exit and. He was very, uh, very deserved of that, and, and it was a perfect exit. A pie, a pint, and a round of golf. Sounds like you've had a rubbish day, Baz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, Brody. Fizzy, I tell you. Yeah, <laughs> flat <yeah>. out. Flat <laughs> out. <laughs> hey, uh, Brody wasn't the only one you had to, had to say goodbye to because Mo and Ali's decided to call it a day as well, mate. I mean, he obviously came back out of retirement. To He's play. blocking your number. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, so what, what was the goodbye for him like? And I, I guess, I don't know if you've had time to think about it, but what does that mean for India for you guys? Uh, well, firstly, with India, we'll deal with that in time. You know, we'll let the dust settle on this, and then we'll have a look around and um, and we'll work out what we need. We've still got some great options there, so um, you know, when that time comes, we'll we'll give it the attention it deserves. But you know, I guess from Mo's point of view, he answered the SOS when when Leachy went down, and and uh, he came back into the group. He's incredibly well respected, not just uh, in, in uh, English cricket, but also around the world, and. He's a wonderful bloke to have in the dressing room, a strong leader in his own right, and, uh, and he contributed massively for us. And, you know, him watching him and Brody walk off at the end of the test match there arm in arm was was pretty awesome, you know. Um, he's just a, a great a great fellow who uh, who got probably a better exit than what he, um, he had had previously as well. Um, and I know that it will make his family incredibly proud that he was able to, to do what he did in that Ashes series and, and help England perform. So, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll always be around the game, Mo, as well. He's obviously playing white ball cricket and, and franchise cricket and doing really well at that. Um, but he'll be yep. someone that, that we can always call upon for, a, uh, for, for some advice, particularly for some young spinners who are coming up. Him and Chris Mokes were, were phenomenal when they came in and uh, did their job for, for yourselves. Uh, just in that last test, there was uh, an interesting scenario that was put to, to you in uh, Australia with the, the new ball and the ball situation. Was there a case to be made for that? Oh, look, I think we probably got a little bit lucky when it came to the ball, to be honest. Mm. Um, but... Look, you need a bit of luck in this in sport, don't you? And we've been waiting for <laughs> yeah. it for a little while. So we'll take it when it got presented with us. And I guess, you know, that's one of those things that, I mean, ball changes happen regularly. Sometimes they're, they're good ball. Like, they they're, uh, they improve the the uh, your opportunities, and sometimes they don't. Um, on this occasion, it's certainly, it certainly helped us for sure. Bez, the support from the English um, and around the Ashes, you know, from from the south up through Yorkshire um, and through Lancashire, is strong as ever. Yeah, it's been huge, mate. To be honest, the, um, the 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 nation's really got them behind us, and 
you know, the TV broadcast numbers have been immense. The the eyeballs on the series has been quite superb, and I think it's exceeded most expectations. I think if we're looking, if we look back at the start of the Ashes and we think, right, this could be a heavyweight um, fight, you know, two two good teams going at it with contrasting styles. I think at the end of it, we all sit back and we say, what an absolute cracking series, you know. Both teams played their part. Um, both teams walk away with with uh, with some some credit as well, and and I think everyone was thoroughly entertained. And from where we stand, that's that's what the game's about, right? Is trying to obviously you want to win, but but also you want to entertain and you want to hopefully inspire the next generation to want to play cricket. And I think as we sit here now, um, you know that seems to be the feedback. Is it was an incredibly successful series for those reasons. Oh, entertainment factors through the roof there, um, Baz. And you're one of the reasons, mate. We're, we're finally seeing games played out and we're getting the result at the end of it. But that game that got rained out, I was talking to Smithy about it, and I wonder if you're the same. When they had rest periods in the middle of a test series, or would you love to see the day when a rain delay affects a test match, potentially having a reserve day? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm probably in a negative position here to be able to <laughs> to be able to argue this um, <laughs> this point. But um, look, I would have loved a reserve day the next day um, on that occasion. But look, sometimes the the rain helps you, and sometimes it hinders uh, hinders you. But that's just the way the way the game is, right? And we knew the rain was coming, hence why we tried to to force the game as much as what we possibly could and put ourselves in a in a decent position. But it wasn't to be. And I oh, know. I just think in life things are things happen for a reason, and maybe that wasn't quite our time. But you know, I think we walk away with our heads held high, and there must be a bigger plan out there somewhere at some stage. Yeah, surely, surely there'll be a big plan. All right, that's enough cricket chat, mate. Ben Stokes, we know what he's doing on the <laughs> on the cricket pitch, but I want to hear about the Stokes and race one real car car tomorrow, mate. How's it looking? Wow, well, you tell me. You would have done the form. <laughs> I reckon it Second. wins. On I reckon synthetic. it wins. Yeah, he ran second in the synthetic. That thing that beat him, which I, to be fair, I thought it was a huge run, a distance short of his best. And you know, I thought he came back at the at the winner. While well, he went down half a head, come back at the line. That winner's gone on to kick him in. Nick started a higher grade. You got to think, you got to think that he's pretty well placed. He's been working well. Curtis Pertab's doing a wonderful job. You got Ryan Elliott on. He's drawn nicely. He's up to the mile. Oh, shit. You've got to think he's got to be a good chance, don't you? <laughs> I can hear it, mate. You're a chomping at the bit to hope to get one over the I, line because I last week, last Friday, I was at Rickerton Park and the one and only Rabada ran around. So, how do we go on there and stop it? <laughs> Sorry about that. He's done it right, though. Rabada's been a right, actually, for us. Uh, he's still, he'll win some races down there. He's not. He's not. Uh, Top sort of um, top company down there, but he, he'll he'll do his he'll do his job. But I tell you what, it, how good would it be if Stokes, like, if he is a, a good horse, and we take him over to Australia and just serve it up? How good would that be? <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of the story, isn't it? I can oh, see why you named it Stokes. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, man. Well, I mean, you know, big part. Big part of what you do around your leadership is getting people together. How many horse racing syndicates are you now part of with guys out of the England cricket team? You, your stable must have increased tenfold, surely. No, none. That'd be a conflict of interest, lads. So I certainly couldn't do that. I was, I'll just run it myself with a few of my mates. You know, just keep it keep it nice and relaxed.
Oh, relax, mate. Love it, Bears. What 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 do you got planned for the next couple of weeks, bud? Plenty of golf. I know you you're burgling those golf courses at the moment. Well, I actually played golf today. We had a cracking day out. So Ian Ward, who's the the lead there at Sky Sport, he took us out to the Wisley. We played with Stuart Broad, and we also had James Morrison, who I think he had nine or ten birdies. He's on the tour. He is a gun player. And I don't know how it happened, but the our balls came down together, so we managed to managed to take the money at the end of the day. You know, they say that you're better <laughs> off stacking stacking the deck at the start of the hand. So managed to managed to land on the right number there. Um, we're off to Santorini tomorrow, listen I, which is going to be lovely. Um, and then back to New Zealand very soon. Play some golf, drink some red wine, watch some horses, and look after the kids. Be wonderful. Yeah. What day do you back, mate? We'll make sure we lock in a tea time. We'd love to catch up with you, Marilla. I'll text you that one straight up. You're welcome any time, Is. All good, Bears. There he is, the one and only Bears McCullum, uh, talking ashes, pies. Just quickly, before we let you go, there was a message. We've been talking James, Bo- James Bond in terms of James lookalikes. Bond. Anyone anyone that you have played with that could fulfill the role of James Bond. Someone texted through and said, Stephen Fleming. Now, I don't agree with that, but if there's anyone that could be James Bond, who would that be, Bears? Stephen Fleming's not really a James Bond. Oh, Maybe in his younger years, maybe maybe before we've seen his acting, pro, acting prowess in those Fujitsu ads. It's more Mr. Bean, isn't he? Yeah. He might have said Stephen Fleming, but um, oh, who could play James Bond? Um, I don't think you could play him as as much as I think you'd be a wonderful actor. I don't think you'd be the right the right type of character. Why? Um, too loose, too loose for for old oh, Bondy. Um, <laughs> Kempy, I'm not sure you could either. I certainly couldn't. I'm too short, too fat. Uh, I'd have to come back to you on that one. Okay, you come back to us. I don't want Stephen Fleming anywhere near your your answer, so <laughs> he could just stay down there with Fujitsu. Mate, appreciate you coming on the show. You're an absolute champion. Looking forward to catching up and uh, having a wee all right, boys. beer all three. Take care, mate. All the best. All right. All right. Much love. See you, boys. Bye. There he is, Bears McCullum. It's Trady's Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Great to chat to the one and only Brendan McCullum after what went on in the Ashes series. He's well relaxed in the lads. He's, he's in a good headspace. He is. Yeah, he's uh, – look, I think is he going down um, – it would be totally different if he had lost one of those, those last matches. But, look, really, mm. um, I guess – informative to say how many people actually got eyes on uh, English cricket at the moment, you know, and Baz is in charge. So uh, he'll keep keep lifting that English team. Don't worry about that. Yeah, lifting them from nowhere. And they were 2-0 down and they come back to level things up and we didn't get the result. But um, he's he's in a right headspace. He's off the centre and man, he's living the life. Red carpet is rolled out for the one and only former breakfast co-host, Baz McCullum. All right, lads, we'll shoot off. We'll come back because we're going to be talking some winter wellness because there's plenty of illness going around at the moment. And my wife's staring at me and going, yes, that's right, Israel. You need to put more clothes on and start looking after your body. Moisturiser, eh, darling? Yeah, that's the one. Maybe moisturised egg. Uh, who am I? Clue number two. I featured in an episode of The Family Guy with Stewie drawing my picture on a wall. 
That is for uh, clue number two for Who Am I? And Two Dudes Kiwi Made Natural Men's Product That Make You Look Good, Feel Good and Do Good is up for grabs. Double eight, double three, send your answers through. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of big brand vitamins at the lowest prices every day. Yes, welcome back. We've just had Baz McCullum on, Brendan McCullum, the England uh, Test Coach. And if you've missed that, you can head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on our SEN app and get that podcast, and you can get all the podcasts from interviews we've had on our show. So appreciate him coming on and, and talking a bit about the Ashes series. Uh, plenty of pie chat coming through, lads. It has just started an absolute debate. I don't know if, if this goes on and goes in the wellness category, but um, if you've got a full tummy, mm. you're going to be feeling well off. So uh, Mental wellness, eh? Pies are all about mental wellness. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a mental wellness, and I've just got... Little visions of about 9.45 this morning when I'm driving to Hamner. I'm going to stop in and wood in and get me a pie. And Jamie's driving to the test match from Wanaka. And he's going to stop in and get him a Jimmy's pie. And Roxburgh is exactly halfway bloody awesome from Jamie. So, have you had a Jimmy's pie, boys? Good. Good no. to need him. More south. Mm. Real nice pie. Uh, you can get them from night and day as well. And uh, they go good at about 4 o'clock at the Octagon. Ooh. This is a great chat in terms of high performance and uh, preparation and trying to get the right food in your, in your tummy before a game. Morena, guys, was playing Premier League for Atuhu Leopards in the 90s at the Tuck Shop. Carlaw Park got me two steak and cheese pies. Standing behind me was the coach. Looked at the person next to me and said, here you go, mate. Your two pies you asked for ended up playing on an empty stomach and had a Joe Crocker. And that is from Daryl <laughs> in Auckland. Mate, it's always good to fill oh. up, Daryl. Always good to fill up, mate. Uh, you don't want to be playing oh. on an empty stomach. It's just probably pies aren't the go, eh? Probably pies aren't the go. You want a, you want a bar or something, maybe a banana. Something like that, just to get a bit of energy. Oh, mate, when I had, a guy, I had a guy that played on a pie and a punnet of chips every, when I was at Newcastle, Jeff Doyle, mm. who was the other centre, he used to get an hour out from the game, we're sitting there just before we walk into the change room, and he's hover, hovering down a pie in one hand and a punnet of chips, and I'm nearly, I'm gagging, mate. Like, oh, mate, I couldn't think of anything worse. And he did that every single home game. Well, a few years ago, my over-30s football team, we had won, that, won our league with a game to go. So for the last game, we smashed a box of beers before the game and a bottle of vodka at halftime. And um, we were 2-0 we were down at halftime. We won 5-2. <laughs> so, uh, Wonder what they knocked out at halftime. It's, it's all the, I think it was, yeah, it's all the carbs, all the potatoes that make the vodka. That, 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 that is good, I think. Great wellness, Jet. You would be feeling relaxed. Uh, just quickly, um, before we get off to your tip, mm. I've got another tip as well because yeah. I used to eat a pie before my first 15 games. And every time I'd run out, I'd vomit. And I was like, man, I feel so flat. I feel so tired. But I'd go out there and I'd just play. And uh, imagine if I actually put the right food in my body, <laughs> how well I could have played. But, uh, yeah, I used to have a pie before every first 15 game. The USA pie, smoked brisket, bacon, and bourbon, bourbon barbecue sauce and caramelized red onions. Ooh, the USA good. pie. Oh, yeah. That could be an option for Daz. Yeah, yeah. so Daz is, Daz is really keen. We're going we're gonna to put together a little... Um, I guess a little package to talk about yep. and put together for the rest of the, the tournament the best pie that comes through. And, and Daz is going to cook it for us. Is he going to get him back in here and we're going to try it again? Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to that, mate. Looking forward to that. Well, we should do a wellness chat because Kez, well, I've, I've been struggling, obviously. I've been a bit crook. Kez is crook. He's not in today. But one thing I discovered while I was off sick because I had a real bad throat. And it, was, it felt like somebody put a cheese grater on the back of my throat. You know, it was just like, ugh. Um, but I went and got some of that apple cider vinegar, and I put, 
like a, a shot glass of lemon juice and a shot glass of apple cider vinegar in the bottom of a glass of water and nailed mm. that and it just cleared my throat up. Really? No problem. Stopped me coughing. Straight away? Straight away, yep. Pretty much straight away. Wow. And then I was good for like a couple of hours. That that for me, that's my little wellness tip for you. Um, thanks to uh, Chemist Warehouse for our winter wellness chat. Uh, we've got a winter wellness pack actually for the whole family to give away, which includes two good vitamin uh, co good Apple cider vinegar soft chews. Uh, there's two times uh, the Good Vitamin Co. Good Iron and Vita gummies as well. Uh, good Vitamin Co. giving us everything here. Elderberry, Omega, three brain support, vitamin C and zinc chews as well. And the uh, magnesium relax muscle de-stress. We've got all of that stuff. Could be yours as well. So text us through, double eight, double three, your winter wellness tip, and we'll give that away at the end of the show. Beautiful, Eric Dog. Great to see that you're innovating and there's options there in that chemist wellness, uh, chemist warehouse pack that can get you back feeling well. Stay tuned because we've got Choices Flooring Poll. Where's Ricardo going to go today? We've got some headlines and we've also got Greg O'Connor come and talk in the big week- weekend of racing. So stay tuned for that. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 26 away from eight. Time for some sports news headlines for you. Uh, do Kennards make trade easy? Kenoth, they do. Here are some headlines for you. Following the South African stunning comeback draw against the Silver Ferns, the English Roses have created their own slice of history at the Netball World Cup, defeating Australia 56-55, their first ever win against the Aussies at a World Cup. The Silver Ferns have followed up their draw with those hosts with a loss to Jamaica. They trailed 41-39 at the start of the final quarter, but the Ferns' attack stuttered and they scored just nine goals, eventually losing by 11, 59-48, their third straight defeat to the Jamaicans in major tournaments. Dame Nolan told her his team need to regroup ahead of a semi-final with England while Jamaica face Australia. In the other semi-final, a whole bunch of international rugby taking place this weekend, warm-up games for the World Cup, and uh, the Palmers have rolled the dice a bit. Danny Kerr returns at scrum half alongside Marcus Smith in the 10, while Alice Genge captains England as they take on Wales in Cardiff. Genge will lead England out as captain with Jamie uh, Blamere and tight head prop Will Stewart in the front row. Harlequin's teammate. Uh, ben Youngs and Owen Farrell are not featured in the team. Steve Borthwick is trying a few things out. Dave Ribbons of Toulon will play alongside Leicester Tigers' George Martin as Lots Flanker. Tom Pearson is one of three uncapped players in the team. He's going to play at seven, while Saints teammate Lewis Ludlam and Alex DeMant are the other loose. He's Leicester's Guy Porter and Joe Marchand of Stade Francais start in the midfield. And Joe uh, Kokinasiga of Bath and Max Marlins of Bristol are on either wing. Freddie Stewart at fullback. That's what the English are looking like. Is it, it looks like they're, they're looking for answers. That looks like a, a way more attacking team than we normally see from England. Yeah, will we see any evolution from them? Probably not. Nah, I can't see them changing the way that they play. Uh, will Carling, former England centre, will come on closer to the World Cup and give us a little bit more of an understanding of where they're at. Yeah. And we'll know more after the weekend as well. But I heard something, uh, I read something the other day about Owen Farrell. Yeah. Uh, about uh, his pay. He's on a million pounds a year. He's the highest player in Europe. He took over from Johnny Wilkinson to become the highest paid player in Europe ever. Wow. A million pounds. That is big. Wow, you compare it to, to Mbappe. It's nothing but in terms of rugby. It's big money over there, so yeah, it's massive. Getting paid plenty, massive money, isn't it, Kempi? It gets it gets paid it gets paid plenty, mate. Um, yeah. Because uh, I guess the English don't really have a heap to choose from, do they? 
you know, he's the one picking up. He's the one picking up all the money. We haven't seen a Johnny Wilkinson come out, um, or even a Delaglio. Is it? Um, if that's how you say, it, I always get his Lawrence name mixed Delalio. up. Delalio. Um, for so long, you know, normally the Will Carlings, those type of players, they're, they're rotating all the time, but. You know, Owen, Fa- Owen Farrell's picking up that money. I'd, I'd think because he just really isn't a standout player in that side. Mm. Yeah, Marcus Smith was probably that guy, eh? And we've seen glimpses, but just no consistency with his performance. He's a talented young kid. No, oh, he is a talented but, uh, young kid, but he's not very English in terms of a ten. As he doesn't kick enough. Nah, yeah. Nah, he's a bit more of an attacking mindset. So. Yeah. Um, the Roosters have kept their finals push alive with a 26-16 win over the Turbo Sea Eagles. It was a five tries to three win. It also featured Toff simply spending 10 minutes in the bin for the Sea Eagles and former EEL uh, CN Red Nathan Brown uh, got, got sent off in this game as well. So they played the last 16 minutes down to 12. The Chooks are now two points outside of the eight with four games. Well, like, I was talking to Sammy about this on running it straight. Like, you're such a brave man to be back in teams going you know, on a little bit of a run at the moment because any team can beat anyone. And I never saw that coming last night. The, the Roosters have been so scratchy. You think that Manly were going to get him, and then all of a sudden Manly come out and turn in that type of performance. So, um, do they do they make the eight? I still think I still think they're a long shot, long yeah. shot to making the eight. Yeah, there's a lot of teams around them that uh, that can do similar. So those uh, your sports news headlines do tradies deserve special treatment at their local Kenard Tire branch, Ken Oath. Uh, now we have got a choices flooring poll for you being a Friday. Design, visualize, and create your perfect floor with a room view. Can you get your thoughts on this, boys? Who have you got? For first try scorer in the Bledisloe in Dunners. Of course, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys are shooting for a, a spot in that World Cup squad. Here are your four options that I've put down. Who have you got for first try scorer? Shooter Stevenson, Lester Fangunuku, Will Jordan, or mixing it up and throwing some love to the forwards, Samasone Tokiahau. Oh, I'm going to go Will Jordan. 23 tries. Oh, yeah, that's He's a on, good one. On his on on track to... to be the the best, or the most try scorer in an All Blacks jersey at the moment. He's only played the handful of tests, twenty odd. He's scoring plenty. So I'll go Will Jordan. I'd love to see Shooter get over. I think he'll come close. But Will Jordan, he's a hungus, and he'll score the first try. And and he'll decide to draw and pass and pass it to Shooter, and Shooter scores the first try. <laughs> there you go. And the hungus among us, eh? <laughs> uh, indeed. Indeed. Well, you can have your vote. Just head to the SEN app, click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and the poll is right there for you to vote on. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Yes, thank you, Ricardo. Appreciate that, mate. Chase from Waiuku, we spoke about this earlier on when uh, Ricardo gave his headlines after 6.30. Yes, Tane Plumtree is on the bench for Wales v England, and it'll be interesting to see the young kid, see what he's able to do on the international stage. Only young, 23 years of age. Greg O'Connor, we're going to be talking plenty racing coming up. It's just gone 7.45. You can call us anytime 0800 811 or send us a text on double eight double three to our temper bed post text machine. And we've been lucky enough this morning to be joined by the one and only Mr Greg O'Connor, the master of picking the winners on a Friday night harness racing with all the best tips. He's on the show this morning. Morning, Greg. How you going? No pressure. Oh, Kempe, no pressure <laughs> at all, mate. What a build-up. We better find something for tonight. 
All right, well, you know we're all rolling into town, mate. All six uh, six shooters ready to go. And Al's got one, uh, I think, in the second, is it? Al uh, Ohoka LeBron? What what, what yep. are your fanciest chances at? Oh, it's got a pretty good chance tonight. Really smart three-year-old trained by the Del Gettys and their son Carter, who's low-flying as a, a driver. He's certainly arrived on the scene with a with a rush. It look, looks really hard to beat Kempe. Uh, should be able to go forward. Doesn't necessarily have to lead. In fact, I think it's a better follower. So uh, it could be in a race like the Derby at the end of the year. That's how good uh, I think he might be. I'm not saying he'll win the Derby, but he'll certainly give them a thrill. And he should be winning tonight. And the punters haven't missed him either. Kempe's into a dollar seventy-five. Yeah, dollar seventy-five. That's still you can't get that at a bank. Seventy-five percent. We'll have a look at that, mate. It's a big <laughs> week. It's a big weekend of racing down there. You've got obviously uh, the trots tonight, the harness racing tonight, and of course the big day at Rickard. And what's what's the build-up been like down there? Yeah, it's been good. Look, we've had a lot of rain in the last couple of weeks, mm. which um, it is the Winter Cup after all. So that's what the expectation is that uh, you know we'll be racing on a on a, a loose sort of heavy track. And this week there's been oh, a couple of showers, nothing major. It's a decent frost this morning. So look, it's always a great week. Rick and put on uh, three brilliant days, and it's it's highlighted on the first day by the Winter Cup, where I think you've got some sort of interest in it. And uh, <laughs> then, then we sort of get it. Get get into the uh, into the well the jumping races uh, obviously take centre stage um, races uh, like the Sydney hurdles which lead into the Grand National hurdles and uh, and the Coral Steeplechase so um, and when you get guys like Mark Olligan, Kevin Myers, uh, John Wheeler in town you know it sort of lifts the the whole uh, area and the whole thoroughbred racing side of things because you know they're as good as anybody and um you know i have the utmost respect for their training ability but also the guys and girls who uh, ride the horses because there's no chance kempy zero chance even a boy from hornby would be getting on the back of one of these and jumping a fence <laughs> mate uh, there's some exciting things coming out of rickenham park i was talking to tim mills about the evolution of the new part of the track when they're going to have a hospitality area so that's going to be awesome come november when that's available but big day on saturday everyone's looking at race nine the winter cup yeah this horse called just ask me it's going to be very very hard to beat and many would have gone on at 14 bucks but when you look at that race who's the biggest threat the biggest threat is weight, because the old adage that weight would stop a train, <laughs> um, and and the expectations of, of one of the owners. Has anyone asked him how this horse was named on him? Maybe. Oh, we have, we've, had, we've had Bruce. We've had Bruce on. He's told us it's been named after him, Greg. Yeah, yeah, good on you, mate. That was beautifully handballed there. You're getting quite good at this sort of radio uh, radio gig, aren't you? Um, hardest to beat. You've got to look down the, the, the weights, and you, why, why would? Uh, the, the Moroni Gerard team uh, bring Cork down. Cosi Azano uh, only got 53 kilos, a massive pull on Just Ask Me, so and a, and a very good last start winner. So I think Cork might be the, the hardest to beat, but um, this horse's mm. performance last time in the Open Aki Cup is he was, had to be seen to be believed. In fact, you've got to go back and watch it because <laughs> I was sitting in the Breakfast yeah. Creek Hotel in Brisbane thinking, Asia Rock, you've got no chance, and... Um, pull to the outside and just, just blows them with that weight. So although it's another kilo and some people might say that's not much, it is when all of the others are carrying six, seven uh, kilos less, eight kilos less. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a, a big ask, but he's won this race twice before uh, uh, with uh, with really smart horses. Go the Naki uh, was one of them, and um, don't you love it? So uh, he knows how to win it. The horse has been set for it, so um, 
all power to them, and hopefully I can find the winner, which I think is the I can, and we've got a bit of value tonight. A horse called Frankie goes round in race number eight. It's trained by Brendan Hill, two-time New Zealand Cup winning trainer. Uh, I reckon it'll take some beating tonight at $6.50, and the seven-time New Zealand Cup winning driver, Ricky May, sits in the bike. So that's that's your best for tonight? I'm going to take a, a hook that, of LeBron into each Frankie way. each way? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's good. Six fifty two twenty. So, that's, that's so we, when you put, are you are you free about uh, three o'clock to come and grab me from the airport? Oh, sorry, mate. I'm I'm out in the the, the country and the, the line's getting a bit funny. Can't quite get, <laughs> not, not too you can't sure that hide. I that. Something about you landing and getting an Uber. <laughs> hey, mate. Well, we'll catch up with you later on today. Um, as he's just got one more question for you. I'll see you later on. Um, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Just tonight. Tonight at Eddington, my, my dad's got a bit of a formula going on at the moment. It tends to win in plenty. Sam Otley and the Mark Jones partnership. Is there anything that you could lead us into with that, uh, that stable? Well, they've got Mark My Words up against Frankie, mm. but I don't think he's good enough to beat it. Uh, so I'd say to your dad, no, nah, that's race eight is, is not one you want to play into. But they do have Rosie Richter going around in race number two. It's a deep sort of maiden field. But she's racing well, and, and Mark's team's going well. So I'm not surprised that your dad is having some luck. No, nice, nice, Greg. Thanks a lot for that, mate. Um, we'll uh, definitely catch up later on and have a beer. You go enjoy yourself out there in the country. You're obviously not doing anything except uh, sitting in your car talking on your phone. Mate, uh, get back to work. We'll talk to you later. It's always nice to be put in my place by you, Kempi. I'm sure it won't be the first time over the next 48 hours. <laughs> There you go, Greg awesome. O'Connor. He's an absolute champion, a Hornby boy down there. Mad rugby league supporter too, mate. He's always supported the game. This is the first time I met him way back in the early 2000s. Um, and a great, Chairman of the great New Zealand friend. North Sydney Bears uh, fan and, club. Mate, he, he, yeah. he would love to get a rugby league team down there, Greg O'Connor, and a definite um, good dude to, to listen around punting horses tonight. So if you're having a look at the harness racing tonight, Frankie, race number eight, is he? Each way, uh, a LeBron, he said it's hard to beat $1.75. Uh, definitely worth having a look at. Yep, multi that up. Appreciate it, Kempe, and great to have Greg O'Connor. It is Tradies Hour. Remember, night and day got the right tools to brew up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today, and we've got plenty of messages on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. We'll get to those soon. It's coming up to the end of our Tradies Hour, and start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Boys, I'm feeling a bit chuffed today. I'm feeling uh, in a good mood, and uh, I've just been reflecting on the last couple of days where I've had an opportunity to spend some time with some some mates that uh, you know I played a hell of a lot of rugby with, um, and awesome. had an awesome dinner last night um, with with Aaron's Nuggy Smith, Geordie Barrett, and, and Bodie, and it's quite cool when you just go through a certain period in your life and you all go on different journeys, different directions, but you're able to come together, sit down, and have a laugh. And last night I had plenty of laughs with the boys and uh, just sat down. And I just, my wife put up a, a clip. She cooked <laughs> everything. We had the best feed. She made salmon, sashimi, uh, soba noodles, rice, teriyaki chicken, broccolini. And the boys, just to, just before the boys turned up, I got up and I ran to the kitchen and I started to pretend like I was cooking. <laughs> and I prepared the whole meal. <laughs> they were laughing the house down. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to say it was an awesome night and um, really, really enjoyed it. Hopefully the boys can get up on the weekend and send Nagy off on, on a good note. And, and just on that, Brett Webber.
is the good. Surprised he didn't make the rugby championship squad. Hopefully he's still being considered for the World Cup. Really look forward to seeing the big white oos from Methven on Saturday being unleashed on those scandal criminals. Also really happy for Sean and Finau as well. Really well-deserved caps. Andy, so yeah, Brad Webber. You think Webby hasn't played? Is he still in consideration? 100%. 100% he's mm. in there. And I mm. think, uh, you know, this is a real big big game for Finlay Christie this weekend. I think I think Roy Gard's gone above him to number two and there'd be a scrap between uh, Brad Webber. I thought he played well uh, up in Japan, um, up against young Finlay Christie. He's got to have a big game this week. I think he's the most under pressure this weekend. Yeah, and I think they know, the thing is they know what Brad can give them. They've seen enough of Brad. Mm. That's why he's, you know, he went into the um, in, into the New Zealand A team rather than to... Um, in, so if Finlay plays team. well, he goes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's a trial, yeah. is he? Um, so Finlay, yeah. Finlay goes if it's right. Hey, just quickly here, Pyman Daz, where's his shop? His shop is in St. Hillier's, 91 Ashby Ave, if you want to go around there and check him out. Um, so Ashby's is the name of the pie, um, pie joint in St. Hillier's. There you go. Go grab your pie. Uh, we got Richie Barnett coming up. We're going to talk to him about his roosters. No one predicted them beating Manly Seagulls, so he'll be on top of the world. Anyway, he's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Aotearoa. It's three past eight. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on a Friday morning. Appreciate you all tuning through in and sending through your messages on double eight double three. Here is your final clue for who am I? Some of you on the right track. Here it is. I won an Olympic bronze medal and went on to knock out my semi-final opponent when I turned pro. I won an Olympic bronze medal and went on to knock out my semi-final opponent when I turned pro. Two dudes, Kiwi-made natural men's products that make you look good, feel good, and do good. And we've also got that Chemist Warehouse prize pack for wellness up for grabs as well. Kempi, there's an interesting piece there from Aroha in the news about the World Cup 2026 potentially coming down under. You'd say it potentially going to go to... Australia and Jamie said, and I'm going to get off to Richie, he'll have a little something to say about this as well. I was wondering, I was just reading that the International League Board is a real thing and they actually had a meeting and there's actually going to be a plan from Jamie. Uh, it, it must be coming up the World Cup time because it's the only time you hear from that board. <laughs> uh, seriously, um, yeah, the laughing, the laughing stock of um, international sport, you know, we can't even see whether or not the Kiwis have a game at the end of this year, which is only. Uh, coming to an end in five weeks' time for the for the regular season, and then another month uh, of finals football before it's all done. Uh, nine weeks out, no calendar is pretty average, mate. So oh, look, I don't know. To be brutally honest, uh, I don't know what they they do. I know they're probably self-appointed, um, like having free trips up to Paris to drink some uh, Robert Mondavi wine. And uh, yeah, this uh, I can't see anything changing. Is he? To be brutally honest. Oh, be interesting to see what happens. But our next guest will be on top of the world right at the moment because his roosters have done the unthinkable. And Richie Barnett is going to join us to talk about the NRL's predictions this weekend and also talk about last night when they beat the Manly Seagulls 26-16. Richie Barnett, good morning to you. Where did that come from? Yeah, where did it come from? And you're right, Kempe. That is a joke, International Rugby League, mate. It is seriously appointment and actually action is two different things, and we just we just don't get a rubber the green. We just don't. There's no clarity 
of where this is heading for international footy. And yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for a, an under uh, under pressure, well, sorry, pressured team, the Roosters, and they always will be. But crikey me, they have under delivered this this season. There is a lot of pressure on them. Um, Trent Robbo has obviously been under under the microscope, of course. Um, and um, but that was a great win. I mean, we 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 certainly don't like Manly, and so for us, it's a it's a fantastic win. Who does? Richie, are you are you as in, are you as confused about the Roosters this year as I am? Because when they started the season, even before it kicked off, kicked off, and you looked at their roster, Brandon Smith comes in to that hooking um, position. You know they're looking for someone for Jake Friend, and you look through their roster, and think, man, it's it's stacked. And then they put in those performances like that. What's the issue there? I think they're just not working hard enough on the little little bits of the, the game they, because they're, they're so fancied and, and they can put points on any side. Sorry, you could probably hear I'm at the airport, but um, I think they're not going back to basics, playing the tough football that we've known them to play. Now, their line speed, their level of detail, but they're just trying to be the roosters of old, really. They've got the ability to score points, but they, they're just not um, honouring um, the tough, tough parts of the game. Um, and, you know, you've got Cooper Cronk and uh, who comes in and, and, and looks over that, <clears throat> you know, the, the spine of a team and you think that with his IQ that things will sort of hum quite nicely, but it's not the case. The case, no matter what you have, it's it's a it's a change they need to make. Well, I was reading reports, Richie, that Cooper Cronk's position in the team is under threat as well. Is that clutching for a, for a solution there? Yeah, and, and here, yeah, it is. I think they, they they always point the finger, of course, you know, at the coaching staff and and um, but sometimes you you know, I wish the players would sort of take ownership on on that sometimes, and because they they to be brutally fair, that they get given everything. They've got the best expertise in the game at the forefront, but it's execution and delivery, and and clearly the strategy and how you play and. And if you implement that with your game plan against a side and you've got to execute it, is obviously all those things add up. But seriously, if you've got the resources that the Roosters have in any team, um, they should be excelling. They should be well ahead of where they are now. And does that mean that Robbo's under pressure? Richie, you know, like, if you're given the, the fact that they've had the choice of players that they wanted and uh, they haven't performed this year, does he come under uh, scrutiny given that the fact that there's not that many changes to that squad next year? Yeah, and you'd have to think that he, you'd have to you'd have to look at it, wouldn't you? Because we all know that Robbo is an extremely talented coach. He is he is amazing. The relationship he has with with the players is second to none. Um, but something's just not working for them now. Whether it's the communication with the coach to the players or the the breed of players that are coming through are just not not listening to the to how he's messaging it. I'm not quite sure, but. Um, but if anyone could sort of find the answers or the solution to it, it would be Robbo and the team because they are extremely hard workers to get the team to where they are. But there is a massive question mark now, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one for me, um, Richie, whether or not Robbo actually um, holds on to his job. Well, they've had a mm-hmm. week off, the Warriors. They've, you know, obviously... Um, taking some time to get fresh, and uh, they bring back Jazz Tavaga this week. Does he play tonight? I don't know. I, I, I think he, I think he may sit out in this one. This is a pretty, pretty important game. Um, they need probably players to 
to be at their best to, to win this game. And, you know, we're not looking at what, what could happen in the, uh, down the line for four or five weeks' time. They're actually trying to win each game as it comes. I like their languaging in which they're saying things. Like, we need to get better at looking at the game. We're not looking too far ahead. Jazz is a great acquisition at the right time of the season, to be brutally honest. He he, he has got so many skill sets and, and the attitude that comes with it. So he's he's prime ready to go, and the, and the Warriors will certainly need him. Titans, Titans, obviously oh. uh, a big win last week. Can we expect them to push this Warriors? The coaches come out and said that they're a threatening team. The Warriors, full of confidence, scoring tries willy nilly. Um, can they do the unthinkable? Hopefully not. Well, they, they've just got no pressure, have they? And you know, when you mm. sort of look at the the behaviour of teams and the momentum of teams, and they've certainly spiked up from last week. That's going to give them so much confidence. They're at their home ground, of course, and they've got players who can put you to bed pretty quickly. I mean, you know, just watching AJ Brinson is just incredible. Um, their halves pairing of Foran and Boyd, their kicking game last week were superb. They just applied pressure, pressure, pressure against the Cowboys. So, and they've got some some real experienced players in there. You know, Fotuaka, he's no Tino this week, but Isaac Liu. I like Sam Virils, a, a player that left the Warriors, um, which, who, who's sharp at dummy half. But, yeah, they can. They can upset them. There is no reason why. There's, there's mm. no pressure on them to play. To play and, that's, and that is a concerning factor for the Warriors. But I just feel that the Warriors have got um, the detail, the level of detail, and they get into the red zone more often than more sides. And so the Titans will have to defend the Warriors' side. And they're very, very... Um, they are so good at um, getting the opposition half and scoring points. Richie, you've been there before and, uh, you know, run run into the finals here. We're five weeks out from it. These All these games uh, start to, to become vitally important to finish in the four. Um, do you think the players in the back of their mind are starting to think about the semi-finals, or are you buying into uh, Andrew Webster saying we haven't even looked at the ladder yet? <laughs> I, well, I think it's I think most players do, but I think the focus is 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 there a little bit, but it's not the end focus. I think their focus really zones in um, on what they can control, and I think this and and I love what they're saying. It's it's how it. <laughs> which is great because you can only control the controllables. And I think that if they spend all the energy looking at this game, then it, it'll be what it'll be. And, and I think they've been messaging that throughout the whole year and it's really working for them. When you look at the top eight and you think of the teams that are, are flourishing at the moment, outside of the Warriors, who, Warriors, who is the most settled squad heading into the finals? Well, I think straight to hit a Penrith, aren't they? Mm. They are. Uh, they. They just. You just can't compare. Um, you know, if I, I look at the, um, oh, the, the Parramatta Eels. I mean, I, I quite like the way they play. I know they're they're up and down, but I I just really enjoy watching them play. I I love the fact that they can score points at will. But um, and of course the Storm, Cowboys have got something there and. Um, yeah, I, I just think Parramatta's got that Broncos? The way they play. Yeah, I, I like the Broncos. Yeah, I, I like the Broncos. Um, they're a young side still um, when it comes to the... And they've got a harder run through the finals as well, um, which will probably be a good thing for them to, to keep them steady and working into a final. But it's a, it's a lot of tough games in the top four. So we'll see. It's the, uh, What I love about it, to be brutally fair, is this is probably the best competition we've seen for a long, long time. It is. When was the last time you saw the Melbourne Storm paying four fifteen to win a game? 
That's what they're paying to beat <laughs> Penrith tonight. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's uh, and there you go with with Penrith. They're so they're so far superior. But at four dollars, that's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> that's, a, that's absolutely worth taking a bet. I'll tell you what, everyone in Melbourne's on it because um, if there's yeah. anyone that can upset the uh, the apple cart, it's definitely Melbourne. Uh, Richie, Sorry. you're also doing some good work off the field, off the field, mate. Um, you know, with your analysing talking rugby league for us, but you're also analysing the the mental um, health and, and wellness space too. How's things going? Going for you out there? Yeah, you know we're working extremely hard. You know we're 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 trying to build partnerships with organisations and businesses to continue our free counselling service for under 25s, and, and and that is a beast of it in its own right. Uh, it is a gap between the public system and and the private system, um, so we can allow our kids the, the time to to be heard by a counsellor. In uh, time for them to go into the public system, which is unfortunately three to twelve months wait. Well. Um, so we, we, we're working extremely hard, Rick Wells, Mike King, myself, which is the partnership. So if there's any companies or any individuals that are willing to support us, please get in contact with myself. Um, we're really keen to sit down and see how we can activate this together. Now how important is it for people out there in the public eye to be a part of this? Like I had a, an awesome catch-up the other day with Millie Kerr and her I Am Hope project, and she's doing some wonderful things. Are you seeing a bit of an impact from people being uh, open and honest about their own struggles? Yeah, and I, and I, I think that's one of the key ide- <clears throat> issues that we've got is um, the fact that we've got to be vulnerable enough to open ourselves up because if we can't be vulnerable, how are we supposed to allow our kids to be vulnerable to us? So that's the first thing. So be vulnerable. It's not saying being vulnerable every day, every week. I'm just saying that being vulnerable opens the door for empathy and, and kindness to people so our kids can see that sometimes we don't have our shit together. Sometimes life is like that. But sometimes perfection from the eyes of our kids only see us um, doing great things and we they never see us going through challenges in life and so we need to be the we need to be it we we need to show them um how that looks mm. and i know so that you, you're giving... doing something recently so and he's been very vulnerable in his space um and i'll be yep. seeing him very shortly actually so that'll be quite, quite cool awesome awesome mate um just just on the the counseling sessions and, and it's it's awesome mate give me people access to, to these facilities and these types of uh, opportunities but are there are they actually taking them up like they've been given these yeah. places to be able to take them are there the numbers coming through the doors and, and seeing them yeah it is it's 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 flying at the moment because the current system is is not able to ha- um, support our, our children or people in need so what actually is happening our GPs are referring to us um, the health system is referring to us. Helpline is referring to us because they feel that we're the only ones that could um, find uh, the solution to the problem. So unfortunately with that, and fortunately, to be honest, um, our kids are able to access it, but it's spiking quite high now. Um, so in order for this to carry on, mate, we, we need people to support us to carry this through, and the government need to be put their hand up and support us. I know they, they have said it, but there's a big difference between saying something and doing it. Yeah. We, we can, uh, you know, if, we, if we've got somebody driving around and listening to uh, SENZ on the app, mate, or whatever, and, and they're a business owner and they've, they're looking to get involved with the charity, how can they get involved with you? How do they get in touch? You can call me on 021 777 and uh, directly 
contact me and I'd love to sit down and have a conversation. That's awesome. so good, Richie. Awesome. So good. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, mate. You're doing some fantastic stuff, Richie. And uh, anytime you need a hand, just give us a yell. Thanks for joining us this morning. Go well. Enjoy your weekend and up the Warriors tonight, mate. Let's hope they get the job done against uh, the Titans. Cheers, you legends. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. Oh, there you go, boys. Great little uh, talk about the NRL, but then touching on the important subjects is uh, mental health, and he does some special work. You heard his number there, and uh, we'll, we'll get that down, and we'll put it up if you're out there and you're wondering how you can be involved. I know Mark from Tauranga is very passionate about I Am Hope. He does his best to give back to them and allow these kids access to the help that they need. And, uh, yes, he might be catching up with... The one and only Zach Guilford. Yeah. Zach, I mean, Zach, Zach's a bloke that we know, you know, he's publicly had a few, a few battles. So, I mean, if, if he can get himself right, those experiences he's had that he can pass on to others would be would be exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Plenty, so I, I think it's great. Plenty of experiences. Mm, it's good. Awesome. Wait, great to catch up, Richie. Boys, we'll shoot off. we got heaps of messages coming through. I'm so grateful for counselling. We have just had to use it for our 11-year-old daughter. She had her first session today. Just a huge wow. thank you. That is from Brenton. Mate, appreciate you sharing that. And uh, the help is out there for you and your kids. And I couldn't think... As a parent, you know, you want your kids to succeed and, and be in the best place possible. So, Brenton, I commend you for being out there and, and getting access to that. And I am hope they are allowing you to be ac- uh, to gain access to those because it's not cheap, lads. It ain't cheap to go and uh, see these counsellors and they make it a uh, more viable option for you family members. Stay tuned. We've got plenty coming up. We're going to get some results from uh, our Choices Flooring Poll and we've also got questions, lads questions for you and myself, Kempi, before we head off into the big weekend. Here's Aroha Ado. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the home of big brand vitamins at the lowest prices every day. Yes, welcome back. 25 past eight and a message here for you, Kempi. Good morning, guys. Dave here. Titans, my second team. They are no pushover to beat at home. Teams need to score five, six tries. They attack from everywhere. Going to be entertaining watch tonight. Looking forward to your call on the game, Kempi, with Sammy Hewitt. When you look at the squad, you look at the Ford pack and you look at David Fafida. And he has been nothing short of phenomenal this year. And he's taking on Jackson Ford, Adam Fanua Blake, and Mitch Barnett. It is a juicy matchup. Kieran Foran, how's he been tracking, mate? Are you nervous? Yeah, I, look, I think, um, well, like Richie said, you know, they've got nothing to lose. There's yeah. no no worry about coaching or selections or anything like that because they haven't um, actually got a coach till next year where Desi, Desi Hasler gets there. And if you look at the way that they've been playing, that left edge of Foran and Fafita um, up against Norcore and Johnson is going to be pretty pretty interesting tonight. Uh, they generally go right up there on the Gold Coast. I, I, I do agree. Yeah. I think there will be points, some points scored. Both teams are in good attacking form. Uh, defensively, though, I think the Warriors have got them because they leak a, a few more points, the Titans do, than the Warriors. Uh, and generally over the last couple of years, they've gone on okay up there. So uh, I'm picking that they win this one, the Warriors. I think they get it. I actually think it's going to be a pretty close game. And they're not going to run away with it because I think it's really dangerous when you've got to plan against a team when you're playing for everything and the other team's playing for nothing. And they throw caution to the wind and they get the bounce of the ball and, a home, and the home ground advantage. It does 
tend to go their way, then we've got a battle on our hands. So hence the, the closeness of the game that I'm thinking it's going that way. So uh, interesting game tonight, mate. But like I said, they've got five games on the run home. They're to cement that top four spot, they need to win all of them. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an awesome match. I've been so impressed with the, the way that the Warriors have attacked. You know, they, they play deep. When, especially when Charles Nickel Clodstice comes out the back, he he times his run late and he pops out with so much width on the pass. He tends to put that centre position under so much pressure, and then their ability to have a front ball that's an option. They've scored so many tries. Mitch Barnett, uh, near Corre, running that solid front ball, and every time they're an option, they're not getting in front of the ball, and uh, they they tend to get great success there. So setting them up really well. I'm looking forward to that call tonight, Kempi. First time this weekend for the wife and I at Forsyth Bar to watch the All Blacks tear the Australians a new one. There you go. Oh, it's going to be a big night. You got a story for us, Rick Dog? I do, boys. I do. This is a weird one. But Somalia's Minister of Youth and Sports has suspended the chairman of the country's Athletics Foundation, uh, foundation and set uh, to up some legal action after a female sprinter she selected took more than 21 seconds to complete the 100 metres at the World <laughs> University Games. It's still chance for me. Um, N- Nasra Ubaka Ali lined up in the student games, finished dead last, more than 10 seconds behind the winner. It went viral on social media because when the uh, winners crossed the line, she wasn't even in the frame. Uh, and it has since come out that not only was Ali not a runner, she wasn't even a sports person. Um, so this is what the <laughs> sports minister has said. He has said, uh, Kedojo Adendahir, the chairwoman of Somalian Athletics, has engaged in acts of abuse, power, nepotism, and defaming the name of our nation in the international arena. Uh, it did not elaborate on the charge of nepotism, but wow. Uh, I mean, we've all seen people have, have, a bad day, have a bad day at the office, <laughs> but that's worse than a bad day at the office, isn't it? There's something fishy going on there, but a politics maybe potentially, but oh, well, we can't be too mean. Participation, is it? You know, you've got to participate and go out there and, <laughs> and have a run. So I commend that person for being brave and, and going out there, but what a story. I did not expect that story to come out. Where'd you find that news? Oh, it's just on Reuters, mate. That was uh, that popped up on Reuters. I always go on Reuters to have a look for different sports news. That one popped up. I was like, I'm having a bit of that. Having a bit of that. It's a great oh, story. Beautiful. And speaking of nerves, I'm looking at Tony Kemp through mm. the camera. He is standing up. He hasn't sat down and for he's the obviously, last half hour. I know. And, and I'm getting the sense he's nervous because Cam from Cambridge, hey, lads, if you need some jam money, Royal Car Car, Race 5, Chevron, bit of toast money for your jam. And, well, speaking of jam, oh, Kempe, we're getting closer and closer. And <laughs> you are. just finally sat down. Are you okay? Um, I, I am, actually. I'm... I mean, like, I am a little bit nervous. I just said that to you in the last break, starting to get nervous as we're winding down for the weekend. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I just think, you know, like, it's all on. Straight after the show, mate, she's all on for uh, for the big day tomorrow. And, yeah, I don't know. You know, just hoping it all goes, you know, we've actually sitting here, as the way you're talking, and when he ran second down there a couple of years ago, came up on TV, and I think that got me going. I think they got me going watching them like his usual race comes five lengths last. Sort of followed up the inside, would have won that race. Gets up for a second, you're going, mate, we get it right this time, he might have a chance. So, a little bit. Is he uh, going to jump? A little bit. No, he's not. He never does. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that, don't we? <laughs> Look, what of, what of the day if we, he gets up there and he's sitting nicely on the rail or he's sitting something comfortably? Are you, are you panicking? <laughs> 
Because that's not jam. No, nah, it's not. No, and that's what people need to realise. Like, it's not his racing style. You know, his racing style is to settle and get himself into the race, and and hopefully um, the jockey can do that because he needs a bit of a rack up. They, it, <laughs> I tell you, watch the race and watch the jockey yelling at the horse about the six hundred. You'll actually see the jockey start screaming, and that's the wake him up, mate. And he because he hates being screamed at. And he just goes, yeah. right, now it's time to run. And off he goes. So have a look on TV, you'll laugh, mate, because the last time I watched Jono on it, Parksy on it, you could actually see him yelling at just us me to get going. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's an impromptu Love Racing update. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events at loveracing.nz and find a race day near you. You can find the uh, a Carnival this Hey, I've got, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple of roughies for you too just before we go because I know that uh, Kim from Titadangi likes to know. Oh, look, there's a couple that I like this weekend over in Oz. In Flemington, um, there's a horse that's first first starter back this uh, this campaign called Queen Air. Um, it's paying seven. Uh, it's paying eights actually in New Zealand uh, New Zealand tote. I think it's a good each way bet. And at Rose Hall, there's another one out called Golden Mile. It's it's pretty short. Um, it's a six bucks, I think it is. So if you're having a look and you want to just add a couple of, of place bets to your multi, then look at Flemington Queen Air. Uh, what race is that? I actually did have the races up here. Um, Queen Air is in race number four at Flemington and at Rosal race number eight, Golden Mile. Well, there you go. you got a couple of minutes to get on because when Pip Morris comes on, she'll bring those odds right in. So stay tuned for her. And we've got a Choices Flooring Poll result. Says Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. All right, boys, we're going to have a catch-up with Pip Morris in uh, Wee Wall's time, and we've got uh, some questions later on in the show as well. We're heading into the big weekend. My Hawks Bay are taking on North Harbour, and they will be happy, as many out there, that Shooter Stevenson is starting for the All Blacks because he won't be out there dominating my Magpies. So uh, they've just announced their team. They've got Chase Tietia playing number 12. Interesting to see a fullback heading into the midfield option, but no no surprises there. They've got Harry Godfrey, the young, talented Hawks Bay lad, uh, taking up that fullback position. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. We're going to catch up with Pip Morris. Pip, does Brad Fittler take your breath away? No, is he? <laughs> no, he certainly does not. <laughs> well, he's from Penrith, surely does. Come on. He's a new, he's, he'd be a good James Bond, wouldn't And he, Brad, you trust? I do not trust. Might as well give the trophy to Queensland now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Pip's come out uh, absolutely furious about uh, Freddie Fittler being signed on for one more year after really having struggling in terms of New South Wales. But anyway, Pip, uh, there's plenty going on in racing and in sport. We've got the MPC finally kicking off tonight. Tasman taking on Otago. Where's the money going? It's going to Tasman, actually. They're really short in the market. One to 12, though, seems to be the most popular option there. On the other games, punters are just kind of leaning back, I think, and, and wanting to see how teams go in the first week of the MPC. Not really much happening on the other games. There is on the All Blacks, though, Izzy. Uh, they're very popular. One to 12, and Aussie one to 12, with the most bets. But the All Blacks, 13 or more, with the most money staked. We had a couple of $2,000 bets on them uh, last night. Aussie with 58% of the match result turnover. And the best back power play is any forward, jersey one to eight, first try scorer, and 
Sean Stevenson, best back, first try scorer. And don't forget, too, if they don't get the first try, but they do score throughout the game, we'll give you a bonus back with the TAB. We've seen a bit of a drift for the uh, the All Blacks, gone from a dollar seven to a dollar ten. Generous. Yeah, Australia is starting to take a bit of money. I don't know if punters just like that bit of value or what, but there was ten thousand put on the All Blacks to cover the twenty one and a half at a dollar eighty seven. So there's one punter out there thinking the All Blacks will get the job done. Yeah, Warriors put uh, tonight against the Titans. The Titans, I see it three bucks. Yeah, I think that's really generous. Yeah, the way that they're playing, um, they are that team that could just upset the Warriors, although 80% of the head-to-head turnover is on the Warriors, and the best back power play is the Warriors to win both individual halves at 240, and the Warriors 13 or more, the best back winning team in margin. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Titans will be just as easy as punters are thinking. All right, Pip. Yesterday I asked Paulie Moati, he's obviously gone on holiday early, if he could do us a wee favour and do a power play. Any time... Uh, debutante to score All Blacks thirteen plus. Now you get things done in the in the in the company. Can you go and get that done for us, please? I will. That can be my one job today, Izzy. I'll make sure that gets up on tab.co.nz. Yeah. Bang, well, anything just else? Like that. Before... Oh, can, you, can, you, can you come on every day? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Pip, you'd be all over Melbourne for four dollars fifteen for the Storm to win a game in the NRL. So it's gold dust, oh. isn't it? No way, no. You're back in her side, mate. I know. <laughs> Just poking the beer, mate. Yeah, quickly, before about the Winter Cup, of course, just ask me going around. He's got the highest turnover on him, but kick on with the highest bet count. So good luck there, Kippy. Thanks a lot, Pip. Oh. I, hope that, I oh. hope that he goes all right. And, uh, yeah, let's hope that Melbourne don't turn your Panthers over to, uh, as well. They won't. What do you expect to to lose? (laughs) What do you expect to lose if Just Ask Me wins? Can you tell us that? Oh, a bit. A bit. (laughs) (laughs) We're quite a bit staked on, of course, and you can see the move already in the market. It's fair to say if Just Ask Me wins, Kempi's not here on Monday. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Might just yep. miss that plane flight. Right? Who knows? Evan Greg O'Connor will be locked up down here in Christchurch from what I'm getting understanding when they meet up later today. Thank you, Pip. Appreciate it. No worries, guys. Have a good weekend. See you later. Oh, I hope you got two headsets, Izzy. Uh, I've got three. I've got three. You can come join me on Monday morning, Kempi, when I get you uh, up and bright and early. If that wins, oh, mate, it's going to be something special. You'll turn your, you'll turn your phone off. That's what will happen. <laughs> I will because you'll be ringing me every single minute like it's last one. Anyway, boys, questions coming up with Ricardo. Bet, watching Bet Live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, we're into the final furlong of our show. Yeah, and just before we uh, duck off, mate, that choice is flooring poll results. Uh, design, visualise, and create your perfect floor with room view. We've taken a heap of votes on this one. Who have you got for first try score? at the Bledisloe. Uh, Sean Stevenson topping the polls with 53%. Leicester Fangunoku 21%. Samasoni Tokiahau 14%. Will Jordan just the 10 So is he's on the outsider? Oh, uh, uh, Jordan. Uh, some would say. Uh, look, shoot up Stevenson. If he gets first try, 
that will be uh, that'll be awesome for his career. And if he does, he'll make a selection headache for Fozzie come Monday when they announce that team. All right, lads, thanks for that, Ricardo. Appreciate it, brother. Questions coming up. Got some questions, all right. 14 away from nine. Gentlemen, here you go. Who, what, where, when, why, how? We're going to nail those now. Who, off the front uh, foot, do you want to see win the Women's World Cup now that New Zealand are out, Kempi? Oh, Netherlands, Japan in the next one and go through to play France or Australia. I want Japan to win. Japan? Who have you got, Izzy? Mm. Look, I found my favourite player of the tournament playing for the Switzerland team, Alicia mm. Lehman. Uh, I'd like to Surprise. see them go and, uh, and go and play. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen her Instagram but... followers? She's got 15 million Instagram followers. Of course she has. Well, she's got 15.1 million right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, look... Uh, for me, I'd like to see South Africa. Um, they've been an awesome story of this World Cup, and particularly what we understood after that performance when they got through. They're taking on Netherlands. It's going to be difficult, but um, then be Kadlana's, you know, story when she lost three of her family members. She mother told her to stay on and and play in the World Cup and inspired them to um, to get up and and win that last game three two. So I'm going to support South African sisters. Saverin sisters, no, nice, I like it. We've actually had a text through from our long-lost friend Ken, who's backing Finlay Christie, first try scorer. That'll be uh, that'll probably Ooh. be juicy. That'll be juicy. Thanks, Ken. Good to hear from Ken, you. Ken, how are you? <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> gentlemen? What will be the margin between the All Blacks and the Wallabies tomorrow afternoon? Is he? I'm going to go ABs thirteen plus. And I know last week I kind of predicted it to be real tight, and it was until those two yellow cards. But I'm going to go ABs by 13. I think they were too good under the under the roof. Yeah, and uh, I'll go 30 again. 30. Rick. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see it being big, man. With yeah. so many guys with so much to prove, mm. and the Aussies being beat up. I'm, I'm going to go. I, I think it's going to be a score like 52 to five, something yeah. like that. I it's think they're going to get a hiding. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, Kempi, where? is the most intimidating ground you've played at. Now, this Ooh. isn't just the ground. This is the fans. This is everything. The place that you're like maybe fearing for your life in the car park type thing. Featherston. <laughs> Featherston <laughs> Rovers, mate. <laughs> I told you that story, eh? 50p coins flying past my head, walk out in the car. The coach's car was burnt out. <laughs> I don't think it gets much more intimidating than that. Oh, the lovely metropolis that is Featherston. What about you, Izzy? Loftus Versveld in Pretoria. Uh, head into the game, mate, just getting, you know, uh, head slits and everything, things thrown at the bus, go home to your sheep, just everything, every <laughs> comment under the sun. That is a intimidating place to play, I'd have to say, in Loftus Fiesfart in South Africa. Yeah, nice, nice. It's interesting to see that. We were talking about cowbells earlier as well. Um, off that off that story about the Aussie team, I remember taking a bus when I was another radio station. We took a bus full of listeners to uh, I think it was an MPC final, and it was the it was Auckland versus Waikato, and it was in Waikato. Mm. And we took the bus down, and there was you know possum with his chainsaw up in the in the <laughs> bucket, and it was bells. And there was there was like you know thirty thousand there, and there was probably about a thousand Auckland fans, uh, and we ended up 
just had enough and we started up this chant you know the old Pink Floyd song hey teacher leave our kids are those kids alone we started hey Mulu's, Mulu's leave our sheep alone and that didn't go down very well we were lucky to get on the bus oh. <laughs> just quietly just quietly alright right. <laughs> um, uh, Gentlemen, this is a tough question, this one. This one I, I might go to Kempy first here. When, in a relationship, is it okay to start farting in front Get of your partner? Out. Get it out straight away. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Do don't, don't hold back. It's a great it's a great conversation, conversational topic. You know, is there something? I'll tell you what, put a knife through the ear. <laughs> what about you? Is Look, it took me two months. It took me two months. You Boys. couldn't hold one for two months. Yeah, I had the sorest guts, the sorest guts, and it was painful. And I used to have a tactic. I'd go pretend I was going to get a glass of water, and you know when you're walking? So I'd walk outside, and I'll be walking going, and then two months later, I just said, stuff it. And she reckons I did the biggest fart I've ever done, and once I did it, it was just instant relief. So two months for me it took. Flip side, how long did it take Daisy to do one in front of you? Oh, she's got a crook guts, mate. She's got an absolute <laughs> crook guts. She's silent but violent. Honestly, sometimes at night I'm sitting there, I'm like, and she just laughs and smiles. You know, not loud, but oh, devastating. Yeah, yeah. my missus does that whole, do you like the new perfume I'm wearing? And you go, you lean in, and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to get a backslap on here. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Why? Why, gentlemen? Why is the NPC so special, Kempe? I Look, I think it's the answer. I think it's the answer if the right money's thrown at it um, to retaining the, the status quo. And, like, that was real uh, interesting from Neil yesterday when he was talking about, you know, not giving the respect to that competition and the development of those players and the pathways. Um, so, for me... I just see it as an opportunity to, to correct some some issues that we've got. Yeah, you jealous of it as a competition? As a 100%. Yeah. Mate, we'd love to have something. If rugby league could have that competition in this country, mate, we'd be absolutely falling over ourselves. What about you, Is Daniel Ronner. Daniel Ronner, mate. That's the perfect example. Like He's on the concrete trade and, and he's been given an opportunity. Now he's made a life for himself. This is the pathway for New Zealand rugby and the young generation. I came through it, the system, and, you know, what it's able to do. So it needs to happen. It needs to stay. You know he's a white to the bear, eh, is he? Daniel Rona. I played with his grandfather and his, and his father. Billy Rona was, uh, we called him Twinkle Toes, he's a fullback for the Bears, and, his, and, and Bill's son, Cody, da- uh, Daniel Rona's father, was a decent centre. All right. Finally, gentlemen, how... Does Eddie Jones get the Wallabies up if they go 0-5 this weekend with a World Cup round the corner? He can't. They don't. Okay, good. There we go. That is questions. <laughs> I like it. Short and sharp. Short and sharp. That is questions for you. 7 away from 9 when we come back. Uh, Smithy will be wiping the sleep out of his eyes and we'll see what's going on. <laughs> Yes, we're two minutes away from nine. We've got Smithy coming up. We've got two prize packs to give away. The Who Am I clue one, two, and three throughout the show. The answer, David Tua. David Tua, the Tuanator. And Mark from Tauranga, you've got that Good Dudes prize pack coming your way. And the Winter, winter Wellness Pack, Carrie from the Manawatu. Be happy and kind, smile, use your manners, and enjoy a cold beer and support all our great Kiwi teams. So, Carrie, you've got that winter, winter Wellness Pack heading your way. Let's cross over to the Hawks Bay and catch up with Smithy. How you doing, mate? 
Yeah, morning, uh, Izzy's NPC rugby kicking off uh, in McLean Park tomorrow after the rugby test. So the old black mm. and white stripes are back out in force again. So a new coach this year. We'll just see how that goes. So we're going to talk about uh, NPC rugby with Jeff McTainch, actually, uh, coming up just after 9 o'clock. We'll preview the first weekend of it. Uh, have a look at that uh, all black side, too, with Jeff, too. Uh, and then we'll have some talk back this morning. We'll have a little bit of Clinton Torpy just after 10 o'clock. Going to go to the Gold Coast and, and speak nice. to Clinton. Uh, former uh, Gold Coast Titan himself as well. Played his last uh, season there. Uh, what else? Oh, we're, we're going to talk to this young golfer. You might know a little bit about him, a golfing uh, prodigy. Uh, Louis caught up with him uh, out of Spain this morning, Joshua Bai. So, uh, Joshua Bai. Just after 11 o'clock. Uh, we've got a couple of giveaways uh, throughout our show as well, and we'll finish it with... A little bit of a harness racing preview with Greg O'Connor. So, busy morning. Uh, what are you thinking, Izzy? What are you thinking? All Blacks by... Oh, I'm thinking All Blacks by 13. I think they'll be too good. Kempi's picked them by 30. And then Ricardo's even gone and said 55-5. So, demolition I'm expecting, mate. You? Yeah, comfortable. Comfortable. Oh, comfortable. Too much to play for for too many of them. <laughs>